Welcome to Nintendania, a fortnightly Nintendo gaming podcast. I'm your host, Josh, or JT if you like. In this episode, we are talking about the potentially genuine leak of GBA games coming to Nintendo Switch Online, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and Splatoon 3, both get a release date. Bandai Namco is developing a 3D action game for Nintendo, what could it possibly be? And how Nintendo didn't know Samus Aran was a bounty hunter originally. And to help me navigate through this episode, I'm joined by a very, very special guest. By day, he works on the land farming to ensure that people around the world can eat. And by night, he delves into his other passions of podcasting and gaming. He's created a whole network of podcasts that talk about his love of Nintendo games, the House of Mario for one. Another is about making jokes and trying to get others to believe their lie or furphy in Kraken furphies and getting real by telling honest and endearing stories in a Drew story. His shows have had a big influence on me so far in Nintendania and how it's been getting set up and going. So please help me in welcoming Drew Agnew. Hello. How are you going? Hey, Josh. Thank you very much for bringing me on the show. I've been looking forward to finally getting on here. I know Bryce had the, uh, had the absolute pleasure of getting on here before me, but let's, uh, it's definitely my time now, so I'm happy to jump on. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, he was a naughty boy in Spore. And I, <laughs> I, I decided to beep that because I, I know I, I thought Nintendo, if they're li- ever listening to this, I don't like those words, do they? So I thought Mm-mm. I can beep it. But then I've been listening to a few more of your episodes, and you guys don't care, and, and they send you a free copy of Kirby <laughs> and the Forgotten Land. So I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, who, who knows if they they have ever listened to our podcast? I've got no idea. Uh, maybe they have to. I don't know. But I think as far as Bryce and I go, we just, we just act ourselves and um, yeah, that's, that's just who we are. We, uh, you know, occasionally slip out a, a word or so that might not be on um, like play school or your ABC kids programming, right. but Mr. Squibble uh, wouldn't approve, but that's all right. No, Mr. Mr. Scribble, <laughs> Scribble, Mr. Scribble. <laughs> no, he definitely wouldn't approve of that, but yeah, no, it's, um, it's, it's good fun. Just uh speak in your mind i guess <laughs> yeah no you guys are great i um listened to a few a lot of episodes now and i was talking to bryce in the last episode just how like you guys are from the country and i grew up in lucendale in the southeast um growing oh, you're up from lucendale you're that lucendale. close you were yeah. that close so we probably may yeah. have walked past each other at a field days or you know <laughs> something in the area but um yeah we we're a little closer than you would have thought originally yeah, absolutely. So you're in Adelaide now or somewhere? Yeah, around? I'm in Adelaide now. So I'm, uh, yep. yeah, been here for the last 10 years and, uh, you know, I'd never lived in, well, I'm not going to say a big city, but it's, uh, you know, definitely compared to the country, kind of feels a bit intimidating at times. So, um, well, you're literally from the area I'm from. So just be like, if I moved to Adelaide, it'll be like, yeah, like a big, big change. Wouldn't have any uh, space. You wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. Well, I am in town now, but uh, I'm definitely used to the space going out to the farm every day and, uh, you know, just used to being as loud as I want. <laughs> that was definitely an adjustment when I moved into town. Just like, you know, when I want to get something out, I get it out. <laughs> yeah, It's usually happy emotions. Just, ah, just making sounds. And uh, my partner's like, no, you can't do that. You're going to wake up the names. I'm no, I'm not. The walls are that <laughs> thin. And, uh, are the you names in the actual town now? The door yet. Is that like yeah. not on the farm yeah, anymore? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I'm in town and parents are still out on the farm. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I moved into town with my with my partner and now son. 
So yeah, yeah, I'm enjoying it in here though. I get internet, which is good. I did not That's get in good internet out on the farm, but now I can, uh, I can, well, I can talk to you for one. I don't know if I'll yeah. be able to do that very reliable, uh, reliably on the, out of my, the farm. my host words there. Um, connection in in where you are yeah well a 4g would be would be great but yeah usually 3g 3g the way to go so you, you farm uh cattle i imagine yeah i've got I've, or... I've, I've got a handful of um cattle yeah. but it's it's mainly sheep mainly sheep yeah. and we do cropping as well yeah you know, like broad beans and stuff like that yeah but uh, yeah, mainly sheep. We've got a, a sheep stud, a Texel sheep stud. So yeah. they're uh, bred for meat, which is uh, yeah, good, tasty. Yeah. Love a bit of lamb. <laughs> Love a bit of lamb. Yeah. Apologies for my cat. For those uh, who can see what's going on, my cat is uh, called Tifa and loves to show <laughs> her face whenever I am on a Zoom call or I work from home every now and then. And so she will appear on the screen and uh, make herself known. Just likes to put her paws all over the keyboard, stop the recording, just bring up all the applications yeah, on the I'm computer. Yeah, I'm a little bit worried about that if that does happen. So I'm glad you are doing the backup. Um, <laughs> but but Drew, uh, I, I this impossible sort of scenario of you being from the country and a big Nintendo fan. I just you know um, that, that was me as well growing up. So I've heard a lot of your stories, not just in the House of Mario, but on uh, a Drew story as well. And just sort of like, wow, this is I'm not the only one. But yeah, and that, that's how I feel as well. Just yeah. like um, when you reached out, it's like, wait a minute, another South Australian Nintendo lover who's doing their own podcast. Like I was just really excited to, yeah. you know, sit down and talk with you because, you know, we've got two interests, bang, right there. So um, we'll see, see where the relationship goes from there. This might be a <laughs> nice first date or something. Who knows? That's right. Like uh, Gentel and Michaela, <laughs> watch out. Like the bromance is about to emerge. I have a furphy yeah. as well, by the way. I. I saw that, yeah. It's it's the I new crisp. Yeah, I've only had them? like one of those crisp ones. I haven't had too many. I, I had a pint at the pub. It was okay. I can't particularly remember what it's like though. It's 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 fine. It's like it's not a furphy though, and I'm just mm. you know like I've got I bought a whole like carton and I've got to drink it now. Oh, so that's my issue. so so you're like oh look I'll give this a go. So you buy a whole carton. I don't know. That that's on you. I, I, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> you got to know if you like it first. <laughs> this is me being economical and thinking, you know, you always buy by the carton because it's like under two dollars a beer. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I made a bad call, so that's all right. I I will begrudgingly drink it and uh, then get on to the next one. But um, <laughs> Drew, with with Nintendo, what was the um? So, so you and Bryce growing up was how the love of Nintendo for you started. Um, yes. So tell us a bit about that, and then some of your favorite sort of Nintendo games and experiences growing up because we're very similar age as well so you would have i imagine there's a few things you're going to mention here that i probably could relate to as you grew up yeah with, with nintendo so i i got into games a, a lot of because of pokemon when i was i guess growing up i didn't have any brothers or sisters or anyone to look upon to be like hey look you know they're playing something cool like i know like a lot of my friends and that might might have had that experience with older siblings and that being able to show them like super nintendo or whatever console they were playing but i didn't really have that i had a uh, friends who i used to go to school and talk about pokemon with wherever it was the anime mm. um but i never had a game boy or a super nintendo or any of those early nintendo platforms it was very much when um pokemon ruby and sapphire were coming out i used to get a lot of those kids' magazines were like quite small, came with all the goodies. 
And uh, the main one that I really liked, you'll probably remember this, was K-Zone. If you remember K-Zone. Yeah, oh, man. K-Zone. And there was a, yeah. Oh, God, it was a, it was a great magazine. Um, I can't remember. I used to love them. Yeah. Yeah. Informative articles in them at the, at the time. But, um, 5.95, I'd walk to the news agency, pick that up. That was, that was awesome. Yeah. And it had like a big double spread of Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. And I remember my friends pointing to it being like, oh, a brand new Pokemon game. Cannot wait. And I, and I remember just being there, be like, oh, I didn't even know Pokemon were games, to be honest. This was when I was about eight. And I had no idea. I thought it was just a TV show that I used to um, get on VHS. Um, like, and, the, and they t- turn around and say, Drew, are you getting a new Pokemon game? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, man. <laughs> I had no <laughs> idea. Um, but, you know, that, that went on to my... <laughs> that went on to my Christmas list that year. And uh, eventually, you know, Christmas rolled around and there was a big, big box. I'm like, oh, this isn't the Game Boy Advance SP. Damn it. And I shook it and it just rattled. Like it sounded like Lego or something. So the day comes when I unwrap it and it's just a shoe box. I'm like, oh, shoes, yeah, whatever. And then I open up that box and the Game Boy Advance box is in that with a <laughs> just like a jar of beans to make it rattle. Uh, so my uh, mom, uh. my mom tricked me. Your mom was and, one of those. Uh, yeah. 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 Smart. And yeah. Nice. I, I, I appreciate that because if it was just like the Game Boy Advance box, I would have been sitting there just looking at the tree, just being, <laughs> just being so tempted to open this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You've been like yeah, that so kid that was... in the uh, Nintendo 64, <laughs> that, uh, that video. Yeah. I probably would have been like Nintendo yeah. 64, like Game Boy Advance SP or whatever. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was probably one of my most memorable Christmases, just opening up uh, the Game Boy Advance SP and waiting for it to charge for about half an hour, literally just like sitting there looking at it. <laughs> and it came with a, a copy of Pokemon uh, Sapphire, which was which was pretty much my first game that I ever owned like myself. Had like a lot of games on my mum's PC and stuff like that. But as far as like my own like little video game handheld or console, that was like my first that I played and going through that game was very memorable for me because there's a lot of sections in that um, when I was a kid that I needed help, like from a strategy guide to get through. Um, There was a certain section there. We had to talk to a specific person to progress the story. And thinking back to it, it's like a a little bit sort of convoluted in the way you've got to do it. If you remember Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, we've got to uh, um, first go to the uh, Oceanic Museum to uh, Mm. battle Team Aqua or Magma. But you've got to talk to Professor Stern before you go in there. And that's like in a random building that you've got to go into, talk to him and that activates like the rest of the section. And when I was a kid, I, t- I could just not find what would trigger that event. Yeah. Eventually talking to everyone, you'll eventually get there. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if that's in that many Pokemon games where you are sort of limited in the story like that. But I remember my dad trying to help me to get through that section and he has no idea about video games or Pokemon, but there he is trying to like, yeah, have you talked to this mate? If you talk to this person, go up, click a no. And uh, yeah, I, f- I thought that was, you know, quite, quite nice of him to do that. Cause thinking, thinking back now, he's like, just no clue. <laughs> Much he like asked you, are you winning son? son? You're like, no, help me please. <laughs> yeah. Like, All right. Son, and I can imagine, I can imagine that's what I might be like with my son who knows what's going to be around in another eight years. But yeah, so Pokemon is definitely one of my my favorite series in general from Nintendo or or anyone else. It's just uh, stuck with it ever since, and that's brought me through just every Nintendo console and handheld, and even like you know migrating a little bit to PlayStation and Xbox, and got a gaming PC on the way. So 
you know, that was got kind of triggered my, my love of gaming and it's only grown and grown and grown from there. And whether it's an obsession or a hobby, I don't know. Anyone out there can be the judge of that. I'm sure people can relate sometimes where you're just like, oh, I'm really looking forward to this game, but it comes out. You're like, oh, look, another game's coming out. And it's just like, there's always a shiny object somewhere on the horizon. Always something but, to take our attention away from what we're currently doing. That's it. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's I know gaming sometimes is like you know i think collecting games is one hobby and then playing games is another and so mm. um i definitely definitely get where you're coming from but you know you're definitely you're 250 episodes in now with the house of mario aren't you at least is that am i on the money how many episodes sorry how many uh, 250 it's, is that oh, it's not quite 250 it's not quite I've 250 it's 220 something i think yeah i can't yep. i can't quite remember either but yeah we're getting we're getting there <laughs> You've we're done a few episodes now, Bravo. but um, I just I just mm. wanted to make sure you're aware that you're using old Power Star um energy because mm. 120 fact is what your podcast is. But mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. there's you know Super Mario 64 DS has 150 yes. powered back stars, and so I don't know if your podcast is as energy efficient as it needs to be. Whether you could back no. it with that, or or <laughs> you know Super Mario Odyssey with a thousand moon. Uh, moonshine, oh, whatever they're called. No, we're not that efficient, that's for sure. We don't have that many power cores. I don't know um, what the conversion rate is, but you know, I just 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 putting it out there. Your your, your podcast might not be backed by the most energy efficient Nintendo game. Yeah, no, I did I did consider that actually because yeah. my main way of playing Super Mario sixty four was on the DS. Um, I always just go to my friend's place and play Mario sixty four on their sixty fours. But um, as far as having it for myself was when I got it got my ds um for my birthday the year it come out but you know I'll, i want to go with the classic mario 64 120 yeah. stars that's what we're going for we're going for the classic and while i probably prefer the ds version you can't you can't compare it to playing it on the tv with the original like analog stick and all of that yeah I- i'll give you that but also i um yeah 64 ds was the way i played it for the first time and mm-hmm. so on my ds and um the whole portability factor of it all was amazing and then the mini games it was yeah like i had played 64 on on the console and never finished it but ds was the time i did it mm. fully and then did the 150 stars and that was just that was unreal it was uh that's a throwback right there <laughs> did you but, uh, did you care much about having to use the d-pad because as a kid i couldn't care less about using a d-pad or an analog stick or whatever but um like people who were older hear a lot of stories about them it. not being able to play it because it had the d-pad i'm like no oh, i don't know about that it wasn't that hard to control it with a d-pad but no um, I, I had the original ds and so you had the, the thumb hmm. strap thing and so i could you could play so you use that. that yeah and so that and then i think i would sometimes play with the d-pad and it was fine you, you, you got used to it and then i think i hadn't played enough of 64 to sort of compare it against and so this was like this is just how the game is and so you just got used to it and there wasn't much of a comparison for me for it so i can mm. understand now playing 64 on you know twitch online and you can understand yeah if i wanted to play this on a d-pad on my ds this probably wouldn't be the uh, the way to go yeah not so optimal now <laughs> that no, no. actually has like two analog sticks as i get older as i get more uh, complaining like i will uh, you know those things so um <laughs> the other thing i wanted to to, to mention um uh, I, but before any guest comes on i just i just 
write some notes and prepare for it. And then I, I just noticed Drew, Drew's a good looking bloke. And then I, I was just oh. thinking about this and I had a couple of beers. I'm like, I don't know if he's, if he would have been better on Farmer Wants a Wife or Beauty and the Geek. And I'm very keen to get your thoughts on that. <laughs> you know what? I've never. Um... That was my <laughs> epiphany. I, I was at the footy the other week. I'm like, I know Drew's going to be on the next episode. Be, I promised. And he said he would. And then I'm like, I've got to write this down. So I'm at the footy. I'm just writing down that. That's a zinger. I'm just writing that down. So that is, that's great. Um, yeah. yeah. I've got no idea. I'll be, I'll be awful on both shows. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you, you take it now, but uh, you know, hypothetically, if, if you were single and uh, I think Australian <laughs> listeners would know what both shows are, but uh, hmm. for anyone else. Well, yeah. I think, I think as far as um, was it beauty and the geek goes, like those guys, what they do is they grow their facial hair right out they grow their hair right out they just like look real daggy yeah they when they do that trans when they do that transformation like they have a shave they do their hair mm. so like, oh my god you're a good looking bloke this whole time how did we not see that but you know it's just for the producers like they sign up so, all right just grow out your hair just you know look a bit doggy and we'll put you in some geeky clothes and then you do the transformation so i think in in that respect i reckon you know Get some hairstyles and that after I've like you know done my hair, just grown it right out and look like a big wolf head, and put me in some weird polo shirts. Then you can then the producers can do whatever they want to me. The, the turnout could be could be quite quite alright. I don't know. No, but do, um, could you grow a beard and a bit of a mullet? Could you? Have you ever done that before? Has it always been pretty uh, short? Beard-wise um, well, and pop your head. Well, I try and keep my hair short because it just goes boof. It just becomes an afro. It's real thick. Yeah, me and like too. Working on working on the farm in the dirt and that. It's just a you know, it's a, it's a job to wash at night time. So I try to try to keep it short just to be easy. And like shaving, I'm a little bit lazy on it, but I try and do it like you know once a week just to make sure it doesn't boof right out. During quarantine, I had a big bushy beard actually, and it's actually, it's really funny to look back on. But you know, I, I just <laughs> thought I'd do it because why not? Why not? <laughs> one, I'm lazy. The other one was just. One, everyone in the world's doing it. Everyone's locked inside and trying to grow a beard. And while I was still working on the farm and that, you know, just a foot of fit in. <laughs> yeah, no, it I, wasn't 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 the greatest beard, but it no, was. There. I get you. So, so I'm hearing farmer wants a wife. Then that's 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 what I'm hearing as your choice. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm not that familiar with the show so much. Do they are they good looking farmers? Do they have to be like you know top tier. Like, I think most of them are like calendar like, looking fellas. Yeah, yeah so I, I would. I, I feel a bit intimidated. I feel a bit intimidated by that. I reckon I'll just stick with the geeks. No, and then no, you'd be you'd be very good on that, and you would um you'd have to convince the lady to move back to to your town and and to farm on the land. That's that's what they do. Mm. Bit yeah. better than maths. There's been yeah, well, there's been a couple of success stories even this in this area. I think um as far as far as that goes, I don't know. I think it's just I'm thinking of one. I don't know how of many more, but I uh, see so you <laughs> know one. Be, I, I know of one. I don't know them, yeah. but uh, yeah, heard about them. I was like, oh, there you go. That's that's cool. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice, that's awesome. I am. I'm going to get another beer. So just feel free to talk for the next twenty seconds while I, oh. I get one. Be back soon. All right. all right. So Josh is getting a nice, delicious furphy, and we all know furphy is a fantastic ale drink. But Josh is on the lager, and I'm not sure how delicious the lager is. I had it on tap as I just mentioned earlier. Nice pint of it. Nice and refreshing. It was on a nice hot day, so any beer was delicious. But I'm not quite not sure about the stubbies, especially a slab of them. So we'll see We'll see what Josh's second furfy tastes like, see if it really hits the spot or not. Not sure if it, 
it's showing it to me now. It, it's it's going to be worse because I put it in the fridge half hour ago because I've already oh. you know didn't put enough in the fridge. So oh, that's oh, right. Well, you, you'll learn your lesson for next time. Mm. You stock up that fridge, it'll be nothing but furfy. Yeah, no milk, no no meat, no uh, <laughs> no anything, just uh, just furfy. That I feel I've combined all three of your podcasts into one sort of thing right now. Yeah, the House of Mario, Cracking Furfy, <laughs> and a Drew story. All right, th- th- this is a Nintendo podcast, so let, let me um, get back on track. I, I will talk about. I got to do the other the shout outs first. So Drew, just just be on the sidelines for a second while I talk, but that's all right. Um, can do. So listeners, if you would like to support Nintendo, there are multiple ways you can do so. Um, for monetary help, please check out our Patreon page. We've got multiple tiers with varying perks, including exclusive Discord access, advertising, and opportunities to contribute questions and topics to upcoming shows. Also, got a Redbubble store where you can buy uh, nifty, I suppose, Nintendo stuff with the logo smacked on. Also, got a free Discord server. Would love to have people on there to continue to grow the community. It's free to join. So, uh, all the uh, links to everything I'm mentioning will be in the show notes. For you to see um also on instagram and twitter however um the big thing i would love to see is um for those who've listened to a few episodes to consider leaving a five-star rating on spotify apple music or wherever you are listening to this we're always looking to uh get a brand out brand out there so we truly appreciate the help as i said everything's in the show notes so 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 drew so what, what have you been playing lately what's what's the uh, what's been tickling your fancy I've been sort of just picking up the switch here and there, just to, you know, uh, in between sort of when I can with the brand new baby. But um, I've been playing a couple of things. One was an indie game that I've had on on my switch for a long time. It was on my wish list for a long time, and it was on sale, so I bought it. And it was downloaded for a long time, and I finally jumped into it last week. <laughs> and, it's, and it's a game called Horus. I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's, uh, no. it's a small it's a small indie game made by a team of two people. And it basically follows the story of this, I guess, a robot butler named Horace. And the game is is presented in a really fantastic way. And this is what caught my attention on just like on a random uh, trailer on Twitter, where the whole story is just narrated by Horace. And it just, he sounds like a robot, like a speech to text sort of voice. And yep. the whole story is just yet yeah, narrated by him. Like every single time someone says something, it just goes like, for example, like the old lady said, blah, 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 blah. And it just like it's like some story just presented by him, but it it starts off with the like there's this old rich man in the mansion. He buys this uh, buys this robot named Horace and introduces him to his family, and uh, just like a bunch of shenanigans just sort of unfolds from there, and even just like a lot of weird nods to video games and pop culture and all of this. It's just really smartly done, and it's I guess the way I'll describe it. It's like a cinematic platformer where you do your platforming sections and the actual platforming uh, mechanics, they're okay. Like they're not going to mm. blow you away. They're not going to be Super Mario or Rayman or Ori in the Blind Forest or any of these, you know, just standout Gex. indie titles. <laughs> Gex. <laughs> Gex. <laughs> but as like you finish the level, it jumps straight into a cut, cut scene and you're just wanting to get, you just want to like get to each cut scene to just progress the story. Kind of similar to like, you know, you're playing Uncharted or something. And, mm. you know, you're doing your shooty, shooty, bang, bang. You jump and climb up the thing. Then, oh, look, here's the cutscene, And you're playing it very much in a similar sort of way as you would play a game like that, where you are just wanting to progress the story and uh, the gameplay is sort of suitable enough to where you're going. And it's just like, it's just a really special game. I've only played it for about 
two hours. I'm about two hours in. Um, time to beat says it's 15 hours. So it's a pretty lengthy game. Yeah. Um, but I think everyone who's like a big Nintendo fan and a big just fan of like platforming and old school uh, sort of gaming, they're going to get a big kick out of this because there's like a section in the story where the old man, he gives Horace his own, own room and he's actually able He's got a video game console hooked up and he's just playing heaps of video games to sort of gain knowledge of, you know, what humans do with video games and stuff like that. And there's even some um, games where you get to interact with them, like a version of Pong and a version of Mm. like Pac-Man and stuff like that, where you get to jump in and it's just, it's just really well done. I've, I've been looking forward to getting into it for a long time and I finally fired it up and yeah, I'm just really, really liking it. So definitely recommend, put it on your wish list when it goes on sale. I think it's a, it's only Switch and PC if you'd like to get into it. And uh, the other game I've been playing is Atelier Sophie. And I've been looking forward to getting into the Atelier series for a fair while. Um, it's just pretty much, I guess, uh, the very short way of describing it is it's a JRPG, but it's very laid back. It's not an end of the world sort of story. You're not trying to destroy chaos or do anything it is very much just like you're in a sleepy town and story is very much just interacting with the characters getting to know everyone and i'm really really sort of liking it just picking up for an hour doing a bit you know putting the switch in sleep and um you know moving on with my night that way but um the main sort of mechanic revolves around crafting and with the crafting mechanic you go out and you gather items you bring them back to your atelier which is pretty much your house and you put all these items into a pot and uh, the crafting mechanics is a little bit like, it's a little bit like Tetris, how you got to fit all of these sort of items onto a grid and depending Mm. on how you fit them onto that grid and how effectively you do it, uh, the sort of end item turns out differently. So that could be your, that could be the items you use in battle. That could be your armor, your weapons, all of that. So the game doesn't so much rely on, leveling up but it does rely on you being able to craft these these items to use in battle so i'm just putting through this game just doing it slowly um because uh the, the sequel to atelier sophie came out earlier this year so i wanted to play the first game to start off with because i wanted to at least get experience with it mm. um before before the sequel goes on sale i'm just waiting for a sale and i'll probably jump into the into the second one so we're on the same wish list yeah sale then buy then play yeah, it's a smart it's a smart way to go though. Like, you know, just get the, the best bang bang for your buck. You don't have to jump in there straight away. But Not for sure. One, the, the the negative of it is just like when I get into it for an hour, it's not like a typical RPG where it's like, all right, I've got to go to this town and slay a dragon. You do have to be like, all right, I need this item. Where do I find it? And in the sequel, it very much sort of helps you find that item. You can go to a certain area and it's like, these are the items available in this area. Yeah, and like, all right, I need that. But you know, put into my sword. I need that for my items, like for my health items and stuff. But in this game, it's like, all right, um, I don't know. Like, it's it's missing a lot of quality to life sort of features that you'd want. Um, and this game did come out originally on PlayStation Four and PlayStation Vita in 2015, um, and the sequel just came out this year. So it is going to fix a lot of those problems, um, especially since the the Atelier series sort of had a big sort of sort of burst i guess in 2020 with atelier riser where like the graphics and everything sort of took that next level that next step mm. because these are these are very much like you know double a sort of jrpgs typically uh the de- uh, developer gust and uh, uh publisher uh koei tecmo they bring out one each year so it's like a yearly series and they mm. 
it's really impressive that they get it out each year. Um, so you Sounds know, like they're Pokemon not like, to me. Yeah, definitely. And you can yeah. see, you can see like a lot of like similarities between like um, them hiding, say like animation sort of, <laughs> sort of uh, I guess lacking of you know when instead of doing like a surprise mm. animation, they just go to like a hand drawn caricature of like oh like i'm shocked when it goes back to the actual like gameplay of it it's kind of similar to pokemon it's like well pokemon yeah. makes probably probably like a hundred times more than atelier <laughs> does because I, I remember they uh they celebrated that um atelier riser and atelier riser 2 two two games combined sold a million copies it's like you know that's that's nothing but for this series it's um it's a, it's a it was a big win so, yeah. but some no, jrpgs that's pretty big so uh yeah yeah, absolutely. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Oh, good on them. That's um. There you go. That's yeah. I it, I'm just looking up now because I didn't know about the series, so um, I can definitely tell it's JRPG. Um, yeah, nice. That's awesome. Yeah, That's I, I know Switch some people might. That. Yeah, a lot of people might be put off it just like with the aesthetic. I I personally really like the anime, like pretty aesthetic, because all of the protagonists they are like you know female um, protagonists. And there, you know, there, there are some of those, I guess, Japanese tropes where it's like, oh, look, mm. we're going to like put the big boobs there, or the, the, you know, whatever you need to do. The developers oh, there, but just doing what they got to do, you know. And that, uh, and that does make me cringe a bit, where I'm like, you know, I quite like, I quite like this series, but like, I don't know if I'll be showing my parents <laughs> about what I'm playing. You played on the TV and son walked in like. <laughs> And that is a hundred percent reason why this is a Switch game for me, not a PlayStation game yeah, or a PC handheld game. mode. This, against this the needs wall. to be hidden. Yes, this needs to be hidden in my hands. <laughs> because yeah, if I my partner be like, "What are you playing?" I'm like, uh, "Atelier." It's all about crafting. It's great. It's like that doesn't look like what <laughs> what I'm saying. Minecraft here, with boobs. <laughs> yeah, Minecraft with boobs. Yeah, yeah. Minecraft with boobs. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I get the Xenoblade vibes from it just looking at the pictures i'm seeing so i don't know if that's yeah definitely assumption to make but her uh, mm. and like yeah. um like the, the battle system too and atelier sophie like it's a yeah, pretty standard uh i guess battle system as well um where you can do like light or heavy attacks and that sort of depends on like uh, what the enemy is going to do if they're going to do a strong attack you're going to make sure you want to get into the uh, defensive stance and if they're not going to do so- uh, that much of a strong attack you can do like a stronger attack where you get more attacks in on that turn and it's interesting enough to keep you entertained but definitely it's the crafting that is uh about the hallmark of this series yeah yeah i think a lot of jrpgs that wouldn't be the, the main defining factor of it so um mm. interesting to think that they've done a different sort of angle to it and sort of a different way to get draw people in and, and to get them to play it so um yeah nice so I mean, that's not going to be a 15-hour game. You, you mentioned Horus before. That's 15 hours. This is going to be yeah, so a bit more of a commitment. I looked at the time to beat on this one. It's about 40 hours. So yeah, yeah, that's, not, it's, that's, that's just, pretty short for JRPG. It's not, yeah, it's not a shockingly yeah. long JRPG. It's not like uh, for Persona 5. Yeah. I want to play Persona 5. <laughs> I I don't really want to be locked to my TV to play it, though. Like for 100 hours, I... That'll take me five years. Like I'm serious. <laughs> when it comes it's to a playing joke a game, of- that is not on the Switch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because like the Last of Us, the Last of Us Part Two, I I really wanted to get that finished. That's uh, that took me about twenty something hours. That like you know it took me a couple of weeks, just like just sitting down in the front in front of the TV and all that. Yeah. So 
handheld mode definitely helps me a lot when it comes to comes to gaming. That's why yeah. I'm really, really quite pleased with the Switch and hopefully the Steam Deck if it ever comes out in Australia too. But God. I won't hold my breath. No, I, I, I've seen a few people on uh, Twitter get their sort of uh, Steam Decks recently, and you know, it's um, it's like the um, what was the other um, Game Boy like one? The uh, Oh yes, the analog pocket. Analog pocket, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's like they're, they're talking. They're taking pre-orders and they're talking about I, three waves. And the last one was end of twenty twenty-three. This is like four months ago. I'm like, man, this yeah. is you know, crazy. I, um, they just can't make enough just to send out. When when they first put it up for pre-order, I like, I put my money down straight away. And three minutes after they put it live, they're all already sold out. I'm like, you're kidding me. Yeah. So, I never, <laughs> never got one. And that's like. I was asking Damn. for a device like that for years. Like I said, yeah. first my first console was Game Boy Advance and I just, I wanted like a premium, nice Game Boy. You can hook up to the TV. Like they just, they yeah. just answered my wish. Like literally if uh, yeah. I had a Magic Fairy, I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll love one of these devices. And they, <laughs> they made it and I can't buy the goddamn thing. It's so frustrating. But hopefully, hopefully I do get one eventually. Hopefully, after these pre-orders, I hope they don't just go, all right, that's it. Yeah, I hope there's enough demand where they keep making them. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a few sort of alternative ones you can do where you can plug the cartridge into um, I I can't remember these names now, but you can like a little dock thing and it works in computer. And there's some other you know ones that aren't as good as the analog pocket, Mm. but you know you look at that and that that was schmick. That was really nice and 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 really good. And so hope you get one through eventually. That'd be good just to sort of see. But you know Australia and then. Just mm-hmm. get them. We just, uh, you know, an afterthought with a lot of this stuff. So that's all right. It's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> no, being a Nintendo <laughs> fan in Australia, one good thing is we get the uh, games early. So that's always the um. Yeah. So everyone's making Australian accounts or yeah. New Zealand accounts, I guess, to uh to get in there first. Yeah. Yeah. Get in on it. For me, I suppose the last couple of weeks, I've um. In the uh, other earlier episode of Nintendo, I talked about how I just finished Earthbound, and I um, mm. finished that for the first time. Really loved it. I had played Mother Three, and then it was like just you know one night I'm just thinking I'll just give Earthbound Beginnings a go. Going into it thinking I'm just going to play this for an hour, and I'm probably going to get sick of it. <laughs> and I just checked my time this morning, and I played it for twelve hours already. So and I'm still playing it, nice. and actually enjoying it. This is it's. Like I've gone into this game thinking and, and reading and seeing how you know, like of a back downgrade this game is compared to, to Earthbound, um, and the quality of life isn't there. It's very frustrating, and, and as I'm playing it, I'm you know, you get the little frustrations, and I died a lot at the start, and you know, that learning curve, the steepness and difficulty um, isn't as even sometimes. But even after all that, I'm really having a, just a fun time knowing that this is how Earthbound or Mother 2 came to be. So I'm not sure if you played these, Drew, before anything in the Mother series. I played I played Earthbound. I haven't gone yeah. back to beginnings. Um, just for the reasons you outlined, I'm like, oh, well, I don't need this, but like more difficult. Mm. And um, that, that's exactly why I'm playing Atelier Sophie before the sequel. I'm like, I cannot go back to like these quality of life features missing so it's a very yep. kind of similar sort of um i guess circumstance you're in just uh, going back to it like hey i can yeah it's a bit yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like i'm enjoying it but yeah it's a little bit <laughs> more, more frustrating I, I get, yeah it's yeah. 
I suppose for me now, it's like I played the other two, and it's like I'm interested to see how this game works and hmm. and plays like. And so it's you know you're sort of playing the game, and it's like I can see how Earthbound evolved from this game. And then you know a lot of the like the like the music and the themes and the way you go around exploring, it's all there. It's just Earthbound sort of took that next step to make the quality of life better. They took that next step to make everything more enjoyable to play and, and you know, everything from the writing, obviously the graphics are better, but like, you know, the battle mechanics, the quality of quality of life improvements, you know, I don't have to press extra buttons to do things in Earthbound, whereas in beginnings I have to, if I want to take money out of the ATM, I've got to open the menu, select mm. goods, go to the cash card, select that, use, and then go from there. <laughs> Whereas in, in, in Earthbound, you don't have to do that. You just interact with the ATM and go from there. And it's, it's, it's little things like that, that, you know, if, if I played this first, I'm sure I would have given up on it and not played it. And so for a game from 1989, and I'm just thinking about it now, it's 2022 now, like I'm, I'm having a good time. It, it's grindy. It's a lot of, you know, you got to, build up your team you got to make sure they're strong enough to get to the next stages but it's like at if i'm playing this at 9 30 at night i don't really mind because i'm pretty tired after the day i've had and i just you know i'm playing something but it's mind numbing kind of fun i suppose mm. in a way so that's no, been a really good time actually and i think i'm probably halfway through i don't know yet the map seems pretty small but okay. just an interesting yeah, so- way to sort of step back in time and see you know like a a non-jrpg you know i know it's a japanese made rpg but it's, i wouldn't define it as a jrpg technically from the real the other ones you see anyway it's a real different sort of way of doing it i'm having a really good time so would definitely recommend for those who played earthbound and mother 3 and they've got nothing left to play to give that to go and to sort of see but yeah, it's even you're waiting for to play like the older uh... final fantasies <laughs> trial of the mana you know kind of you know those older kind of um rpgs and, and give them a go maybe an older dragon quest i need to finish dragon quest 11s i did i got halfway through that and stopped so yeah oh, you say you got another 100 hours to go man i know <laughs> was it uh, sylvan i think i i acquired and played a few hours after that and then uh and then you know like you said you know shiny new game other than mm-hmm. uh, the game i'm currently playing comes out and then you get distracted and play that for a bit it's difficult. It's hard. It's a hard time to be, be a gamer. There's too much good stuff. I just want to with anything shiny. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's been my main game. Played a bit of Mario Golf because that came out on the NSO service. Um, I I enjoyed Super Rush more last year than I think most people did. I know it didn't have everything on release, and so. It was frustrating, sort of, you know, you played the game and, and it's like you feel like you're playing 70% of a game. But I had a good enough time, so I thought I'd give Mario Golf a go. Um, and it's okay. I'm not feeling it. And so, you know, I've played a little. It's not as easy as I thought it would be. I don't know if you've played this before, Drew, but they've got it's got a horizontal power bar instead of a vertical one, I believe. It's in Super Rush. And so... Um, just get my bearings wrong and i'm not even sort of grasping the concepts quickly compared to other golf games so played a little and i've i've given it a go now but i think that's probably it for me don't know if you picked yeah, this okay. up at all i i haven't gone back to it since it came out i've been looking at it just uh on my game bar i'm like eh, should i jump into the nintendo 64 games i'm like, oh, 
maybe, maybe, maybe eventually, but mm. ha- hasn't popped up just yet. I um I wasn't a massive fan of Super Rush. I think I think it was fun to play. It was just lacking way too much stuff. Like yeah. personally, for me, I would have loved to see it seen a um a tournament mode so you could play people when you're not online or when they're not online. Like you do yeah. you do like a halt, you could do a course, and then it's like a just a leaderboard, and you don't have to be all online at the same time because that's what uh. Mario Golf on 3DS actually offered. You could do that nice and easily. Okay. Set up a set up a Nintendovania or a House Mario Discord and or sorry, um tournament or whatever and mm. just do it all, you know, whenever you had a you know a bit of time during your lunch break or something, and it just fit in really well and it gave that game a lot of legs. And so Super Rush did not have that. And I don't know why they didn't add that um going forward. Every update they sort of put out, it's like, oh look, we've got a brand new character, Mark. Cool. What about what about yeah. some some features to actually give the game some legs? But it never come. So yeah, I fell off pretty quick with that Mario Golf. But um, I might I might jump into the sixty four eventually. Maybe when I've got some people to play with. I think uh, yeah, I need, I need just like a group of people. But all right, let's play some let's play some Mario Golf, and not just me sitting on my Switch being like, oh right, well, that, this was a blast from the past. But yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I think it'd be better as with most 64 games to get a bunch of people together, play a few holes and, uh, and go from there, which is, which is great. One thing that they do very well in the service is offer that online support. But um, yeah, disappointing to hear that you know, anything from the 3DS version hasn't, you know, not everything's come across and that'd be frustrating. And I agree that, you know, you, you, it, it is hard getting people to come at a certain time to play games. And then if you had, you know, you can play, play the, you know, your turns within your own time and not at the same time as others, I think that would make it a lot easier. So, yeah, because you know, I, ma- I never you wonder actually... what the process was for not including it. Mm, yeah, because I never actually had a had the 3ds game. Um, you know, when the 3ds was all all of the rage, I only I bought the game maybe a month or so ago, secondhand. I saw it for like forty five bucks at EB Games. I'm up. Like, all right, I'll buy it. Because I knew it had that tournament mode and yeah. like a few more features. So I'm like, yeah, I'll buy it. And I collect 3DS games anyway. So I was happy to just have it for the collection. But yeah, I might, I might honestly be playing that one more than going back to Super Rush. We'll see. Because I, I don't know, I've sort of got into like golf games and racing games and all of that a bit more recently as well. Like, mm. I, you know, like I've always been like, ah, golf, you know, boring for old people. But, you know, now I'm a dad. I'm like, you know, a bit of golf here and there is not too bad. A kid. And, that's all right. Yeah. I'm getting old. Getting old. Late twenties. Jesus. <laughs> I, I was um I, I do boundary umpiring for football. And so I was doing some boundary umpiring today um mm. in the city. And there was a lawn bowls club right next door. And yeah. a whole bunch of six year olds, I imagine. But the, but the music was in excess and all that kind of like rock kind of music. <laughs> and I was just yeah. like I, I, it just clicked with me. Like I like this music these old people like this music as well. I'm like, I'm not as young as I want, as I think I am. I don't know. I just, just hit me that, you know, they're not listening to, you know, classic classical music or nothing like that. It was just like, you know, stuff from the eighties. It was like, you know, that's, that's old person music. Now I'm like, and I just mm. made me feel weird. Yeah. I'm like, yep, yeah, I probably should definitely play golf as well. So <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I, cause even like with my, um, with, with Chantel's brother, he's, He's like almost finished high school and oh, like, look, I can relate to video games and that. That's what, that's how I can bond with him. And like, you know, he's talking about Fortnite and all of these Minecraft. I'm like, I've got no idea what you're on about, mate. Like <laughs> different world to me. So I'm like, yeah. even if I'm into games, gaming's becoming too big to be like, yes, I play 
play video games to have that sort of I guess a bonding experience with you need to mm. like really be into the same games. It's like I watch movies when you're just watching like I don't know some little kids' movies. Like, well, I, I don't know. This isn't what I quite had in mind. <laughs> That's it. It's not like yeah. It's it's just like yeah. I watch movies. I watch TV. Doesn't mean you're gonna get along now. Mm. Video games yeah. are just and, as big now. So and a lot of yeah. people you run into, you'll be like, yeah, well, I play games. Like, what do you play? Oh, look, I play a lot of Nintendo. I love Switch, and I play um. You know, a bit of play, stuff on PlayStation. It's like, what do you play? It's like, oh, you know, I play, um, you know, Rocket League, Fortnite, FIFA. Call of Duty. It's like, it's like, oh, makes makes me feel like a like a big nerd. You guys are just casual into games. I'm just uh, I'm just here playing <laughs> this real nerdy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am, bloody playing Atelier. Atelier, Atelier, Atelier. And <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, very very two different kind of uh, gamers. That's for sure. Have they been your your main two games lately, Atelier and Horus? Nothing else? Yeah. Of I mean, like, yeah, new stuff. I've been jumping into Smash Bros and, you know, all, all of my mainstays. Um, Kirby as well. We played mm. that. I haven't played that for a couple of weeks now, but we played through that and did the review for it on the House of Mario Encore. And Kirby was was absolutely fantastic. Uh, it, it didn't surprise me because looking at it, I'm like, oh, that game looks cool. It's a Nintendo platformer. I didn't really have any expectations that it wouldn't be great. Mm. But especially for a Kirby game, um, you know, just doing that big leap into, I guess, modern Nintendo games um, was really fantastic. And I, I enjoyed myself a lot like going through through this game. It was just full of love and uh, the abilities and everything was so much fun to use and all that. I don't know if you have uh, much love for the Kirby franchise before this, but for me, it was very much just being like, I, I enjoy the games like Kirby's Squeak Squad and Kirby's Adventure and all of these uh, past games, but they were probably never on like a top 10 list or anything like that for me. But mm. I'd say this Kirby game is, is definitely a hard recommendation for a brand new switch owner to get into, if, especially if you've got kids and you want something like family friendly and you can do co-op, but you don't want something as boring as Kirby star allies that came out a few so years boring. ago. Oh, yeah. That's such a bad game. I just that's like man. that's the one like first party Nintendo game on Switch I haven't bought. I'm like, oh, I don't need that. I really don't need that. I wish I didn't buy it. Um, yeah, <laughs> I just didn't bother. I'm like, well, yeah, don't know. But uh, yeah, this is definitely a big step up for the franchise. Anyway, yeah, it is. It's um, I mean, yeah, I'm, Kirby hasn't been my favorite franchise for Nintendo for sure. Um, I've you know played a little bit over time, and Star Allies was probably one of the like ones I I did play through and finish and then you know i just did it begrudgingly again and and i thought this is not fun it wasn't a great time i didn't you know i did it to complete it i did my 10 hours and that was it and you know i've um you know played like rainbow paintbrush and uh, canvas curse and um mm. enjoyed them a bit more and then you know star allies is just nothing interesting but but forgotten yeah. land played that for about 10 hours now with with michaela my partner and I'm having some great fun in the co-op and it's yeah just a really refreshing and fun time and you know what you're going into playing a Kirby game I know it's not going to be you know the master class of platforming but it's still a very fun platformer I, I I've seen a couple of people say it's better than 3D my Super Mario 3D world which for one I think no I don't agree yeah but, I, uh, I, I reckon it, I reckon esque. hold the horses on that I reckon yeah hold the that, that, on that's, that's a bit that's Have you opinion. played Super Mario <laughs> 3D World on uh, either the Wii U or the Switch? I, I just, it, it's definitely the closest Kirby has ever gotten to Mario, 3D mm. Mario anyway. But uh, yeah, just a great time. Just 
really enjoying it. Going to play it to the end. Enjoying, you know, it's not just doing the platforming, but also, you know, how I love to do the collectibles. And, you know, you got the um, the little turnstile to get little trophy slash amiibo things. That That's fun. There's little mini games along the way. Then you got these challenges to get the, um, I don't know what they're called, the rainbow coin star things to upgrade. You collect oh, them yeah. to upgrade your uh, copy oh, no. abilities. I was just calling them star bits or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, the rainbow, term, rainbow but, vomit yeah. stuff. And so <laughs> yeah. um, that's been great. Been upgrading them. And then you sort of see like, I don't know if you've upgraded the sword ability. That was fun to sort of see mm-hmm. the final. Uh, I love the hammer. The hammer was my the hammer one. I've just got the, the toy hammer. Stage. I haven't done the this, final one yeah, yet. Yeah, the toy hammer. That was, I love the toy yeah. hammer because it's when you upgrade it, it becomes like real big and slow. But the toy hammer is like, bam, 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 bam. And just smacking everything. Just wham it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so I, I lo- that was my favorite. Yeah, so, so yeah, I've just been chipping away at that, and um, my thing is I got to finish it very soon because Drew, I might need your help here because oh. Nintendo Switch Sports comes out on Friday, and mm. I am very much on the fence still as to whether to buy it or not. Is this okay. something you're going to be picking up and buying? I I heard some really sort of mediocre things in the previews that came out in the last week. Oh right, well. I've yeah. stayed away from I stayed away from previews. I haven't read or heard one yep. thing okay. about the previews. I apologize um, then. I've probably uh, thrown a little. No, no, no. I, I, I wasn't even doing it on purpose, to be honest. I just haven't been <laughs> haven't been haven't been in the loop. But yeah, I, I'll be buying this game. I I really liked Wii Sports and Wii Sports Resort was a great sequel on on Wii, and I loved every sort of sport in that and. Um, I think that like the switch with like one, two switch, it gets a lot of flack and rightfully so for the price, but getting that at launch and putting down your switch and like, you can make like my mom and I were playing. I'm like, look, this is, this is the new toy I got from Nintendo. Here's, here's mm-hmm. this controller. And we we're like doing like a cat run sort of in the kitchen, like doing like the poses and all that. Um, Bryce nice. and I had like a, a drinking night where we were doing like the sorcery mini game and the sword playing mini game. And, and like, all it, all it is is you wagging your hands, like trying to like get each other with the sword. But just what the game did with the audio and the motion controls was just open up your imagination. And I thought that was a really smart way of just using the the Switch just in portable mode, putting it down. It wasn't like doing split screen Mario Kart, but it was doing like a really unique thing that only the Switch can do. You can't do this on mm. PlayStation, PC, Xbox, uh, Oculus Quest or anything like that. This was like a really unique experience, just opening up your mind to what uh, what gaming can be. It's just extremely simple. And the Wii had many experiences like that. And Wii Sports was obviously the main one. And I I, I wanted that experience on Switch. And we're finally getting it. Um, I'm not 100% sure of like how all the sports are going to translate, if they'll be as good as they were on Wii Motion Plus. And they are missing a couple of things that I would have liked to see um like on this version obviously not getting golf at launch is a little bit of a disappointment but you know yeah fair enough i don't yeah enough, i guess uh but looking forward to bowling and tennis um when, when i played the uh, the closed beta when they put out the codes uh, Drew, before careful are we allowed to talk about this no of course we are of course we are, are we? um I, 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 they might I don't be know if we were right at now. the time we, we weren't at all the right, time all right it's on your head nintendo yeah that's right they're gonna go after us now they will. They will. Nintendo will get us. Reggie will work for him still and uh, assassinate us. Come yeah. after us, you know. I'm, I'm, a little, I'm, I'm a little bit timid to say now, but uh, <laughs> I go on. look. You know, you know what my uh, biggest, my biggest worry was. 
you know when you're playing Wii tennis and the ball goes out the court and the score comes up and you've got nothing else to do when that's happening. So you just wag the remote and you just mm. like spam the racket on the screen. In Nintendo Switch Sports, you can't do that. When the, no. No, when the ball goes out, you just, you're doing the racket and it's just nothing's happening. It's not yep. picking up your thing. So what's the point? I, I don't know. That that, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's, a big de- that's a big no-no from Drew. Straight off the bat, just like, <laughs> all right, you can't spam the tennis racket when the ball's out of play. All right, fair enough. Um, but I'm really looking forward to the bowling, the bowling, how it's set up, where it's just like, just knockout. <laughs> yeah, it's just like knockout, just in yeah. sort of real time, just like, all right, quick, got to do my bowl and I've got to make it good. Otherwise, you know, I'm <laughs> on the very edge of being knocked off and losing this match. I think that's a pretty smart way to do it, especially online where it's just very quick, get into a mm. match, you're not just waiting for someone, you know, they, they've got a broken controller, so they've got to swap over. No, no, you're in and you're out. And I think that's a quite a smart way of utilizing that online feature. Because like with Mario Kart, I think the battle mode, they kind of ruin the battle mode with online because forcing it to be timed. So you don't have sort of, you know, people just sitting there doing nothing and all that. Um, that's sort of a necessary f- thing for them to do. But using that same idea for bowling, I think actually works really well. Just like, all right, you're on a time limit. Let's, uh, mm. let's get these bowls out. But yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into it next week. Like I said, no previews, no idea what's uh, going on outside of the beta, but from what I played, I enjoyed it. It's going to be good fun to give Chantelle a controller. She's not a gamer whatsoever. Yeah. And giving her just like a normal, I guess, uh, like your traditional controller, it's always been like you know, difficult to be like, all right, this is A, this is B, all the buttons. You know, it's pretty daunting. But she enjoyed the Wii back in the day. She was, uh, you know, one of the millions who was able to pick it up and utilize just the the waving of it. So be nice to sort of go back to that again and, um, and play some games like that, but yeah, yeah. it's not gonna, it's not, I think, it's not gonna um, blow the socks off of this, but it'll be good. Yeah. All right. I think I think you've uh, listed some very good points there for me. I um I played the test fire as well, and it was the bowling was my favorite. That was like I was just mm. waiting to play the bowling. It would come up with the the tennis and the chambara. Is that the other one that was the sword one? Yeah, I think so. I always forget the name of it. I just call it yeah, sword Cambara or something but, like yeah. and I didn't care for them. <laughs> It, it was just, I just wanted to play bowling because I just wanted to get better. I got knocked out mm. in the first round the first couple of times. And then I got to the second, the last round or something on the last go. And it was like, this is fun. And so I, um, yeah. I quite like I, the, uh, the, what's it called? Kambara. I quite, I quite yeah. like that. Like you got like different options where, um, you know, you can just decide like what type of swords you have, like whether you got like the one just heavy sword or you got yeah. like the dual, dual swords. Mm. Or I forgot, the, I forgot the third option, but General I was playing with the, the yeah when i was playing with the like the dual swords just one of them wouldn't work so i was only playing with one and then like i just got destroyed was that was it your joy con you reckon or i don't know yeah i'm Ah. not quite sure it could could have been or it could have just been you know it it was a beta so that could have just had an issue i'm not yeah i'm not sure but yeah that i was like oh my god so i just swapped back to the the one sword and one sword um yeah yeah beat up this online random made me feel good about my life I, th- I think it was 50-50 with the, the Canberra, Canberra, whatever it was called. It, and like a couple of times I lost, I got absolutely annihilated. And then mm. um, I think the others I did a ride in. But yeah, it, it was the motion controls. Cool. But I think, you know, overall, you know, like Wii Sports was unreal when that came out the 16, 15 years ago now. And that was, I, I was one of the few, like, like, we, like we got a Wii pretty early on, I think couple of weeks after launch and that was you know unreal sort of getting it before everyone else 
wanted one. And so, <laughs> you know, you played Wii Sports. I had two younger brothers and we we're just playing, you know, all the games. And, you know, you put hours into it. And then for Wii Sports Resort, I think I had a 16th birthday party and I had all my mates over and we played that when that came out. That was, that was awesome. And so, yeah, like some great, great memories. And I just, yeah, um, hoping this delivers, you know, it's just, just, you know, I think some of the sports look good, some of them probably not so good, but hopefully, you know, if they keep adding some sports and got, I always loved the golf games when they were in them. So hopefully that's a decent sort of, uh, uh, extra sport that they have in there and and uh, you know I think it's going to do pretty well I think pre-orders yeah. are pretty high for it and I think we'll sell decently so yeah I hope they do keep adding to it like it'll be nice mm. to get sports that continue after golf comes out I know like one, one of my favorite games in Wii Sports Resort was the um I forgot what it was called now but like the airplane game when you're exploring Woohoo Island uh, yeah woohoo. I love yeah. that and eventually they ripped that out and actually made it a pilot wings game on the 3DS <laughs> launch um which i enjoyed as well but yeah for 60 bucks, it was a natural thing to do yeah but I, I hope they include that again i'll, I'll find that fun yeah. yeah i mean they yeah they can do so many things with it now and then um what well, soccer's a new thing now uh what's some other new ones oh, yes, got badminton. i'm looking forward to the soccer one too actually um yeah i wonder if that's anywhere near as fun as like something like rocket league where like um <laughs> Someone in our Discord the other day, he described so- soccer in Nintendo Switch Sports as Rocket League, but with humans. And I just laughed so much. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, the way he justified it was like, it's a big ball with big goals. I'm like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, just, just that sentence still was just, <laughs> what? <laughs> won't, won't be a Mario Strikers charge football, though. I, uh, mm. that's, that, that's the game I'm very much looking forward to in June. Oh, so yes. Anticipation. I think you're the uh, same front I've heard. He's so, up there, yeah. 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 I'll be yeah, picking that up straight away. And uh, I'm sure I'll try and get to burst you in a couple of matches. That might be good. Mm, definitely. Yeah. You're on. Do that. <laughs> All righty. Um, I've got news items here that a lot of stuff happened in the last couple of days. And so I just kept adding to the running sheet um, lots of release dates. But the, I suppose the big one that sort of captured my attention was the GBA leak. This is um, something that supposedly looks real. Um, I think the consensus is that, that it is real, but I've seen a few people sort of argue against that. But so what happened earlier on this week was a bit of a leak where screenshots were shown of um, some GBA games and even Game Boy and Game Boy Color games getting tested on an emulator that would be used on Nintendo Switch Online. So as part of that, there was a sort of a big list that was shown and there's, 40 games or something that could supposedly come from the GBA onto the service. I've got the list in the running sheet now and, you know, mm-hmm. it's like some pretty big heavy hitters, you know? Absolutely, yeah. Makes you remember how good the GBA was and it was only four years it was the main handheld console for Nintendo. You know, and then the DS comes and, you know, that's the supposed third pillar but no, you know, not many games came after that but in that four-year period they, 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 they brought out some bangers, you know. So definitely, you know, I'm looking at you know the Castlevania games, two of them, not not three, but um, I'm a big Castlevania fan, so I'd love to play them again. Even though they recently came out on the Switch, Fire Emblem, the Sacred Stones, uh, the F Zero, Game and Watch Gallery Four, which apparently we own, that would be good. Um, the Golden Suns, Harvest Moon, Kirby and the Amazing Mirror, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, Mario Golf Advance Tour. The Mario Kart Super 
circuits, Mario Party Advance. There's, you know, a few like Mega Man's, Metroid's, Fusion and Zero Mission, uh, Mystery Dungeon, Rest, Red Rescue Team, Pokemon Pinball, Ruby and Sapphire, mm-hmm. Super Mario I'd Advance love that 4, one on the TV. Super Mario Bros. 3, you know, like Wario Land, 4, WarioWare, Yoshi's Island, and then Diminished Cap. Like, there's like some really good content. And, and Drew, I don't know if you have the expansion pack yet, but if you don't, would this be enough for you to upgrade? Um, I, I do have the expansion pack. I At first, I was like, nah, but with the Mario Kart DLC, I'm like, well, I am buying this DLC and the DLC is just under 40 bucks. Like, you know, they got me. Yeah. Like, it's, it's they got of, you. It, 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 it wasn't, as, as far as I'm concerned, that was a kind of a bargain as far as, like, I want those two, yeah. two DLC packs and the games. Uh, you know, the 30 bucks upgrade. Well, for that year, on top of the thirty dollars already pay for it, yeah, look, it was it was worth it. Um, but I, I do have a few problems with Nintendo Switch Online. Um, I guess most of my most prevalent frustrations from Nintendo comes from how they're handling this service, how their online service is still not adequate for two thousand and twenty-two. But just ignoring that, um, I'm excited about these leaks. Game Boy Advance, like I touched on, my first platform. I just I want these games very much on Switch in a in a legal fashion. That'll be fantastic. I love Nintendo to offer these to me. But when when I saw this, I saw all the hubba blue of people talking about it. I'm like, don't don't get that excited. Like for one, this could be testing for say next year, so it could be like a 12 month gap. Look, Definitely. Look that that'll be that'll be great. That'll be a great great uh, circumstance to be under. But the 3DS that had a Game Boy uh, Game Boy Advance emulator on it that actually was um, had games that were given out to people that were ambassadors for ambassadors buying the 3DS. Yeah, yeah. For buying the 3DS before it went on, I guess for a price cut. Look, I had like a hundred dollar price cut in the US, and people that uh, bought it before then were sort of uh, able to sign up to this uh, ambassadors program where they got uh, ten um, NES games and ten Game Boy Advance games. And those Game Boy Advance games had their own emulator that worked on the platform. And just sort of thinking logically, you're like, oh, look, these games are on the 3DS and we're going to, they're eventually going to sell these down the line with some more games coming to the platform. There was already uh, the Game Boy and Game Boy Color games coming to the virtual console. It would only make sense financially for Nintendo, for fans of the 3DS and past systems. It only makes it makes sense on every level that uh, Game Boy Advance games become the 3DS. Uh, fast forward to 2017 when 3DS basically, you know, gave way to the Switch. Uh, still no Game Boy Advance games, and mm. even now in 2022, uh, no Game Boy Advance games. So I'm I'm kind of over just like waiting for Nintendo to give us their legacy content in any sort of timely or I guess friendly fashion. Like they just. They just want to string us along as long as they can. And when we're sick of Nintendo 64, which we aren't yet, you know, we've still got a fair few games to come to Nintendo 64. They'll roll this out after that, I think. I don't think they'll go to GameCube or anywhere beyond there for the Nintendo Switch Online. Um, Game Boy and Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance seems like a logical place to go. But don't don't expect it this year. And I don't even, I don't know, maybe maybe next year sometime. But not to really? be a Debbie you don't, Downer. You don't think? In June, Nintendo's going to announce in their direct that this is coming in <laughs> September or something. Uh, look, making making big calls like that, this could age very very badly. But I, I don't think it will. I don't think I don't think it being in the source code and people digging it up was necessarily a 
or necessarily indicative of it coming like within the next couple of months. I think I think this is something they're testing and they're obviously mm. getting to work. But I don't expect it this year and I'll be happily proved wrong if I'm like yeah. if it comes out and a couple of games come to the service, I'll be like, yes, fantastic. I'm very happy to be wrong. Like playing any of these games, I'll be over the moon, just like, you know, going back to like like the Fire Emblem series and even like probably won't get Castlevania to be honest. Because yeah, Konami wants to sell them to us. <laughs> but like, yeah, even like the WarioWare um, game on on there was really fun. Very basic compared to all the sort mm. of uh, I guess control schemes we got for the Wii and the DS and everything since then. But still really fun and uh, yeah, just Minish Cap, very important one too. Personally, for me, I'd love to see the mainline Pokemon games on there. What um what my sort of dream scenario is is getting Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire and Emerald on switch whether it's through nintendo switch online or pokemon home or just natively buying it i want that but with pokemon home compatibility so you can send those pokemon put them in your like yeah. collection much like you know pokemon bank and pokemon red blue yep. yellow on 3ds so that's what i awesome. really want that that is that is a get out of my chair sort of like fist pump the air sort of scenario for me but look like I said, hope I'm wrong, but I don't think this is anytime soon. Sorry to be a Debbie Downer to anyone's like, oh yeah, get no. with Advance games. I can't wait to get them next month. I don't think we will. No, I, I think, we'll- think you're on the money there because uh, I think they've found similar leaks before, like 2019, something similar with the GBA, and 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 you know nothing's happened since. Um, uh, but I, I believe this leak's real, and for two reasons. Firstly, Mother hmm. Three isn't on the list, and secondly, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, none of the mainline Pokemon games are on. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I think I think it all it would all depend on how well sixty four and the expansion packs going at the moment. Whether Nintendo feels it's getting this sort of uptake that everyone wants that they want, sorry, because I mean, for us Nintendo fanboys, we're, we're we're day one purchasers of the expansion pack. But for others, you know, the sixty four might not have been enough. Um, they've done some pretty cool things with DLC now, like they've even today announced uh, the Splatoon 2 DLC that's going to be free on the service now. I never downloaded that, so I'm going to pick that up. Oh, is it the um the, the um the Octo expansion? That's on Octo expansion Pass yes. now, is it? Yeah, that's oh, free that's cool. now. I didn't I didn't see that. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so I never picked that up, but I'll, I'll be picking that up now and playing a bit of that before Splatoon 3 comes out later in September. But you know, uh, Nintendo wants as many people as possible to upgrade to this expansion pack. You know, in in Australia here, it's what fifty dollars a year compared to thirty. And so, um, what is it? It's sixty here, I 60. think. Is it sixty? Yeah, hundred and fifty US. Um, so yeah, double the cost. Um, and you know, as many people as they can get onto it, the better because, you know, it's it's that's that's what everyone, gaming companies, streaming companies do these days. It's get mm. that service, get people on, and then you sort of drip feed the games over time, don't you? And so, mm. uh, internet's got a sort of great sort of catalog of games, you know probably the envy of xbox and, and even playstation to a degree and so they've got some great content there that i think you know they can drip feed out and get people on so and the, and the 64 library is smallish and so if you add mm-hmm. a gba or a game boy even a game boy color um they're definitely going to get those subscribers up mm. the question How is you... the timing is it is it yeah. do they do a game boy pure and add that to the, <laughs> the basic service and the Game Boy Color with that, and then they make the GBA, the expansion pack exclusive. Like, how do they go about sort of splitting it up? Because 
as part of this leak, apparently the um, each Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and GBA has its own sort of individual app. And so um, I wouldn't expect all three of them to appear at once. I mean, it could happen, but I would expect them to space it out a bit. And I expect those to happen for GameCube because GameCube never had virtual console representation before. And it's one of the weird consoles that never gets much sort of um, attention, I suppose, from Nintendo. So I know it will come probably eventually, but I think the handhelds will come first. Yeah, I think the handhelds will come first too. And like you said, how are they going to like spread this out and monetize it? Because, like, is it going to be expansion pass? And is it going to be like cartridge pass or something where you pay more on top of your like, annual subscription? And then, when they do do GameCube or Wii or DS, is it just Virtual like Boy. heaps of, is it going to be like five separate packs you can put on top yeah. and it becomes like a, a big sort of annual subscription? Because, like, look, I, I don't mind paying, like, you know, like, decent subscription fees for a nintendo online service but it can't be one game a month it's got to be it's got to be there it's got to be the library just there for me to indulge myself in it can't be just like look there's 10 games and then we'll do one a month uh for the next 12 months it's like what just (laughs) look i i get the marketing thing like it's a big Mm. sort of boom like look murray golf's out this month oh wow but as far as being like you want it to be more of an experience like Netflix or Xbox Game Pass, where it's mm. like, hey, this is the expansion pack and look at these games you can choose from. Oh, fantastic. There's uh, this big list of games you can choose from. I'm just not really into the drip feed sort of mentality that we're getting at the moment because it's just, I, I just find it kind of annoying, to be honest, personally. Yeah. Um, no, it's fair. Even, it's, it, you don't get as many games. Even, you know, it's, I know it's probably half the price of what Game Pass is. Um, for us, but yeah, yeah it's a lot you know, cheaper we're probably getting Pass, yeah. not even we're not getting half the games that come out compared to Xbox. And mm. I suppose you argue as well, you know, what's you know, are Nintendo games worth more compared to you know, because you get a bit of everything in Game Pass, good and bad. So, um, you know, Nintendo's being Nintendo and doing it their own way, and the drip feeds what they're deciding is the way to go. And mm. yeah, I how just, long can I you just think it'll it be. It'd be way better service if they just sort of message it, uh, just like with their messaging, just being like, like what you get with this service is a, a back catalog of um, just like classic titles from Nintendo 64, Super Nintendo, and the original Nintendo. Um, and you get like a nice library because like looking back at the Super Nintendo and um, NES now, like it's, it's a great library. And it'll be good if it was like that sort of at the start where it's like, you can point to that and be like, that is, that is worth my money. And, Nintendo 64 needs to be at a similar situation as that. And also to be more clear on, on like the, like the, the DLC for their first party titles, because when it came out, it's like, look, you get the animal crossing expansion pass. Well, that's cool. That's great. That's good value, especially for those who want to, who like really enjoy animal crossing. You don't have to buy the DLC. And it's a, it was a big sort of expansion. Yeah. that's it. And if they'll at that point, if they're like, look, um, other uh, sort of expansion, expansions to our games they are also coming to the service so if you want to get them day one make sure you're signed up but they never did that it's just like mario kart dlc comes out so oh that's going to be a part of it then they sort of go back and look at the octo expansion that'll be a part of it because we're sort of you know marketing towards platoon 3 coming out later but i just wish they were a bit more clear and being like look all of our dlc will come to this and i don't know if that's going to be the case or not whether they're going to hold some or whatever but then it's a different proposition if they are just very clear of what 
their service is because I think on paper, mm. if they do that, it, it is a good value for money sort of subscription service. Like even, even maybe even potentially better than like the baseline PlayStation plus because like PlayStation plus you get three games, um, two on PlayStation four, one on PlayStation five, but you're not necessarily going to love every single sort of game coming to it. And it's not going to yeah. be like that modern necessarily, but I think for majority of Nintendo fans, that uh, buy this subscription service. You probably are playing Mario Kart. You probably have at least dabbled in Animal Crossing. You probably, you know, have played most of these games. Yeah, you probably will get uh, great value. Yeah, Yeah, for like 60 bucks a year, it's probably probably pretty spot on. And to go back to these um, classic games as well, even if it is just for like a once a month nostalgia hit. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think they just need to do their messaging better and reorganize a couple couple of things in there. But... Yeah. For the most part, you know, my 60 bucks a year for what I get and the cloud saves and everything else that comes with it is not too bad. Yeah, I, I mean, I've gotten a lot of value out of it. I've put over 85 hours onto the 64 on the Switch. Nice, with yeah. Earthbound and Super Metroid on the um, SNES one, I put in 40 hours. And then with Earthbound Beginnings now on the NES, I've put in, you know, that's, that's nearing 15 hours now. And so for me personally... Um, with the Mario Kart DLC, Animal Crossing one, I didn't really use, but you know it's there, and I'll use the uh, um, Splatoon two DLC. So for me, I'm getting great value, but yeah. you know it's and- it is for those other people trying to convince them, and I agree that you know Sony and Microsoft have the great schedule, like you know what's coming, whereas mm-hmm. Nintendo, the big Nintendo, when at any moment's notice, this monthly sixty four schedule that we're currently on will stop, and they will be quiet on it and they won't say anything because it's just what they do. And so that's where the frustration is. And so, you know, these things now, like this leak coming out, you know, I, I like, I have a Wii U and then I know until end of August, I could buy these GBA games and some other Game Boy. Oh, sorry. Just, it's just GBA on the Wii U. Like I'm not even thinking about buying these GBA games now on the Wii U. I'm thinking like this leak, it might mean that these GBA titles come a bit sooner than I thought. I know you're probably a bit pessimistic about that, but it's potentially coming this year. And so I might think twice about getting Diminished Cap and a couple of other like GBA games that I didn't have that I might have wanted to add to my Wii U, thinking it might have been years away. So that's why Nintendo doesn't like these leaks and these little things that go <laughs> on and, and the like. So Yeah, so prove me wrong, Nintendo. Bring out Game Boy Advance games on the switch i wouldn't mind playing pokemon pinball ruby and sapphire on my tv that would be fun that'd be awesome i've got um the original pokemon pinball on my game boy color i bought that last year and that that's that's good fun only two boards yeah. but it's it's like good fun and so i'd be very keen to play the gba version on my switch it's really good it's awesome yeah that's it i'm going to turn on some lights because i'm getting very dark here i will be back in a minute but drew you were great at talking to yourself before You've done oh. a few episodes on your podcast by yourself. So I might get you to talk for another minute. Swap that yeah, fly while you can I'll as well. Yeah, yeah, there's a fly here. It's just, yeah. I'll be back soon. Sticky flies at the moment. Too easy. Look, Josh is on the way to put on his lights. I don't know how far away his light switch is, but it might be a bit of a trek. So let's sit down for story time with Drew on a podcast that isn't his, but here we are. I know I was a bit hard on Game Boy Advance games coming to Switch. I just, I don't want to get my hopes up when it comes to these things with Nintendo. Just, it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's a, definitely a, a difficult thing to really wrap your mind around. I don't know what I'm on about. 
He's handled his cat. Little Is the kitty. cat wrangled? Sorry? Have you wrangled the cat? Uh, no, no. I, I, I just give her a lot of love and affection. She likes being held like a baby. So, Does she? No. Yeah. I apologize. For a... that. I, I, I did go to the bar. Yeah, you're good. Well. Yeah. You should, do the, you should do your podcast with your partner. She, she can talk some games with you. Yeah, she, she was on my very first week. episode as well. So, all right. Um, oh, I've got to go back and listen to the very oh, first. Oh, don't episode. listen to that. That was that was bad. Oh no, I will. No, no, you said it now. I've learned <laughs> a lot. Embarrass you by listening to your first one. Don't don't listen to any of our first episodes either. <laughs> I, I've you know I've learned a lot over these eleven episodes, and I, I think I bought some cheap microphones off Amazon, and you know it was just wasn't a good time. And so, uh, <laughs> yes, you learn a lot. You, you sure start do. Somewhere yeah. there, don't you? Absolutely, yeah. If you don't start just really even even if you start really bad, you gotta start somewhere. <laughs> That's it. Just 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 do it. So um I would love to have her on again. I, I will get her on. Try it a couple of times and I will when the when the everything aligns, you'll be on again. So that's no, good. I uh yeah, we, we do a lot of co-op together and um talk games. So I'm I'm very that's lucky. Cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Where were we? More stuff is coming to nso with mega drive games don't know if you've played any of these before drew but three classic sega genesis games have been made available for nintendo switch online expansion pack members space mm-hmm. harrier 2 shining force 2 and sonic the hedgehog spinball right. spinball looks interesting yeah. to me and then maybe shining force 2 that looked like a cool sort of rpg but not very familiar with these games i don't know if you are at all I was always no, point, um, so. um, yeah, I'm not very familiar with uh, classic Sega games, but I think them being on Switch, it's a great opportunity to go back to them. So I should like fire up a few and try and get through them. I actually want to get the um, well, the Genesis controller, just like you know, make these games feel a bit more authentic in how they feel. I can't get the Nintendo 64 controller; it's always out of stock. You don't have I it? Don't. No, I don't. I really do want it. I was on that but... straight away. Yeah, I, I was a bit late. I, I was a bit lazy. I'm like, ah, look, because I didn't jump on the expansion pack straight away. So I'm like, ah, look, I don't need that crap. But yeah, here we are. <laughs> a few months later, I've been like, oh, I should have got that. And it'll be back in stock one day. It's not gone did forever. It come back in stock once, maybe. And then I think it, it, it hasn't did. come back since. And I, I was at work. I'm like, all right. So I went to go and buy it, and I didn't have my card details. Um, like saved. I'm like, ah, I would do it when I get home. Too late. It's gone. Too late. Yeah, it's just straight away. Um. Yeah, so I was quick on that. But like the Mega Drive one would be cool, but it's the three button one, isn't it? I'm looking at it now. It's $70. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Yeah, 70 bucks. Yeah, that is a bit too much. <laughs> yeah. I, you put it like I don't that. know. Like, I, I've never had a Sega console. And so, like, I don't know if the six button controller was a Japanese or a US only thing, but I don't um, know. My, my understanding was they brought it out for like fighting games like Street Fighter. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a bit more tricky to use, like, just three buttons and like the um like the paddles on the back and stuff mm. where you know add them all on the front it was a bit more sort of better for those style of game but if you're playing like sonic pinball and stuff i don't think it's so bad <laughs> i think you'll be able to manage potentially yeah but yeah yeah you'll find a way that's it i am um, i i wish when i bought the 64 controller there was a sale on the nes and the super nintendo controllers i wish i picked the snes one at the time because that's mm. out of stock now with all the Super Nintendo games I've been playing, but that's all right. They'll, they'll, they'll come back eventually, I feel. You should get a um an 8-bit uh, Doe controller. Mm. You should definitely pick one of them up. I got the um 
the 8 bit doe, um, I forgot what it was called. It was an SN30 Plus Pro. I think that's what it's called. And it's, it's yep. like, it's basically like a PlayStation controller with like sticks down the bottom and like it's got an excellent D pad. It's yeah. got a classic look as well. And you've even got like the buttons on on the back of the controller too, if you want to map them somewhere. And that is great for classic and like retro games and platformers. Um, so definitely get that, I reckon, instead of like, you know, I, I guess a bit of nostalgia going back to a Super Nintendo sort of feel without yeah. the handles and all that. But yeah, I'll definitely it, recommend that. As a it needs a Nintendo seal of approval though for me, you know, that, you know, it's the real stuff. I don't know. I, I feel I've like never I'm been a third a party pure, controller pure Nintendo guy. fan. I just, you know, like, you know, I'll, I'll play Nintendo games, you know, I've that will have been other stuff, but like, you know, it's, you know, that's the main stuff I stick to. So it's hard to sort of, you know, buy the other accessories and the things like yeah. that for me anyway. I, so. I'm, I'm the same way, but this is definitely a quality controller. I can, yeah. I can vouch for I've, it. I've heard they are good. Yeah. And I have, I've looked at them before. So if I was to get one, it'd be, yeah, something like that. But in saying that, like the pro controller is pretty good in terms of what it can sort of the mapping and um, mm. making it work. I like it too. Yeah, it was it just, just for the 64 games. It was it was really bad for 64 games, and so I was really mm. glad I got the 64 controller because like um, it's just the buttons are very weird in 64. And I was playing like Sin and Punishment, and then I was holding the yeah, 64 controller sort of... very differently. Like I've never held it mm. like with the D pad for one thumb and then the control stick for the right thumb. Like I've never held mm. the 64 controller that way. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Isn't that it? was cool. That was that was awesome. I was like, yeah, that's like tick done. <laughs> that that weird sort of uh, one way you can hold it, I've never done before. So, mm. um, so yes, Mega Drive games are coming. I might pick up Shining Force. I might play Shining Force to a little, and Spinball will give it a go. I don't know. It's there. I love this. That's the thing I love about the service is you can give it a go, try new things without paying, or well, anything extra anyway. <laughs> we are paying, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's it. <laughs> anyway, so a couple of big. Uh, Nintendo games coming out later this year just got release dates. And so the first one that came out was uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. And so that has been moved forward from September mm. and is now coming out on the 29th of July. So that's like probably two months, one to two months earlier um, than earlier communicated, which never happens. I in, in this world of COVID and delays and, you know, things going, you know, extending the release date this is a refreshing and different sort of you know they're ready to go it seems like and if it could come out today it would it's probably ready and waiting to go and so the 29th of july is, is when it's coming so i'm i'm a little concerned because i said i would play xenoblade chronicles 2 start and finish it before 3 came out i'm yet <laughs> to start 2 yeah. i know i've heard an episode where you talked to bryce about this i think you're similar you want to start and play mm. i don't know if you have you was it both games before three? Uh, or was it just the look, second? I I wasn't that ambitious. Um, yeah, I I left Definitive Edition sitting there for like a year, but I'm like, all right, I need to I need to play this, especially when this got announced. I'm like, all right, I'll try and get through the first game, maybe a bit of the second game. I'm not I'm not pushing myself here. I've I've even got other yeah. JRPGs on the go, like <laughs> let alone all the other stuff that's coming out that um. You know, I'll probably have to talk about on the show. So let's not get too carried away. But it's interesting here. We got like a reverse delay. We got so many delays when it comes to Nintendo games and with Breath of the Wild moving, obviously there's been a bit of a shuffle around to sort of, I don't know, fill the hole of that or maybe allow for something else to come out later this year. Um, 
but yeah, just really interesting that we got a game just been like brought up by two months. That's massive. This game must yeah. be just sitting sitting there waiting to go to some extent. Like just mm. been, all right, well, we'll move it up two months because two months is it's make or break for like some games when they're coming in like yeah. you know, like hot on the heels, ready for launch. It can just like make or break a game. Like, you know, stuff yeah. like Last of Us and stuff was very much made the masterpiece it was in the last couple of months. So, it's, it's that day one patch that, you know, when you buy the game that they've worked on for the last two months mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, here's that, you know, just to improve the game. That's something we had to cram to get done in time. And so it just makes me think it's done. Um, I wrote in my it'll notes be inter- before I found it'll out. It'll be about- interesting if uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, it comes out and it's just broken. It needs a patch. It's just like they released it way too early. I don't think that's going to be the case. I'm, I'm confident when it comes to Nintendo and their quality assurance with that's their right. first party titles. Seal of approval. That would be funny. Yeah, that would make you question a few things. But yeah, so that's July. And then today we found out that Splatoon 3 is coming out on the 9th of September. And so mm. beforehand we got given a summer uh, time frame for those in the Northern Hemisphere, so winter for us. And so for, for us, it's I know the, the Northern Hemisphere classifies summer differently. It's like the June 21st to like August 21st. I think Something they do like it that, by yeah. like, we do it by months start of mm. the month but they do it like through the actual technical way yeah. of doing it with they complicate the, the, it yeah yeah <laughs> i mean we, we just, keep it simple just why not so so therefore 9th of september is not technically summer is it and so has this game no. been delayed have they delayed this game instead moved xenoblade chronicles 3 earlier and it has all of this happened mainly because of breath of the wild 2 getting delayed i don't know it was in my notes that has this xenoblade chronicles 3 dates being moved forward been a reason like will Splatoon 3 move back because of it and then I find out today yeah it's it's technically moved mm. back potentially not sure what are your thoughts on that yeah it seems like I mean Splatoon 3 it's a it's a lot more important game for Nintendo it's a, it's a lot bigger franchise it's yeah. it means a lot more just as far as the uh, sort of genre of game that they've got this this is their big online multiplayer game outside of Mario Kart but this is very much focused as a, like a almost online only sort of title outside of the uh, obviously the campaign and stuff. So they need to get this right, not just for the actual game itself, but just for everything in the background with the servers and making sure everything's going enough time for people to get in for a probably a, probably an open beta or something like that, similar mm. to what Splatoon 2 had. You know, so there's a sort of a lot more writing on this game. Um, but Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and if Monolith have Xenoblade ready to go by um, the end of July that's great then move that up and a bit more time for the dev team to get stuff going for Splatoon 3 and there's a sort of a, a trailer that came out along with it as well just showing off a match yeah. and for me I, I can notice like a couple of differences like oh look there's a you know new item and stuff but I'm not there sort of looking at every single little difference <laughs> between that and uh, Splatoon 2, especially since it's been a fair while since I played Splatoon 2 as well. So I don't know I'm really looking forward to this. So like I I love Splatoon 2. It's just it fell off. The community sort of you know fell off a little bit apart from the diehards just when all the Splatfests finished. So looking forward to getting back into it and getting my <laughs> getting getting my ass handed to me, I dare say. <laughs> I, I loved the Wii U one. Um so I got that straight away and then and then Splatoon 2 on the Switch was great. And that was like awesome because that i felt like it kind of skyrocketed from that game like mm. the switch was a lot more accessible a lot more people had it and so um splatoon 2 was 
it was great. So many people were playing it, but but you're right because you know I think we're so used to these first or third person shooters equivalent with Splatoon. You know they have their annual law every couple of years as a new version, and so Splatoon's different, isn't it? Every few years it's coming out, and the only other one I can really think of is similar is Overwatch, and that one's been out for so long, and you know they're still. <laughs> You know, I know number two is coming, but, you know, a lot of people still play Overwatch, the original one, anyway. And so it's kind of on those vibes. Um, I, I wonder if some people have been playing it a bit since the announcement of Splatoon 3. I don't know. I, I think it's just the diehards at this point, really. But um, Yeah, I've, there's, a, there's a person in my Discord uh, server who's, like, playing this hardcore, like, since launch, still going, still posting clips on Twitter, wow. still talking about it thousand hours and, uh, or something, at least yeah oh yeah way more like Probably seeing more, some yeah. people's game time on splatoon 2 is just insane like, yeah mine would i i can't actually i don't know what mine is because since i i've like gotten brand new switches the the time sort of disappears from yeah. your like profile so i, I got no that. idea and yeah. i lost my i lost my save as well because i forgot the cloud save yeah doesn't work on splatoon 2 which is something i hope they rectify with uh splatoon 3 with yeah, a, i didn't know that I thought it was just Animal yeah, Crossing it's... was the main one that didn't work at first. Yeah, it's, po- it's Pokemon, Animal Crossing, and Splatoon, which is just yeah. like, all right, that's uh, that's frustrating. <laughs> Make that work, please. Yeah, please. Splatoon as well. I don't get that. That's weird. I mean, there must mm. be a reason. but Yeah, um... I think you can manipulate um, like your ranking and stuff like that. I don't know how. Like, I don't know. Maybe if you lose a match, you can, like, all right, delete your save and re-download your old save where you okay. haven't lost as many matches yeah look i look i don't know i'm not i would never do that but there'll be some people out there who are hardcore and care into about it that. enough to yeah really it. play it yeah yeah but uh i think it was probably 120 hours i i, I had played a fair bit of it loved it um i'm keen to sort of get into it again it, it's, it feels like it's been a while so mm. um definitely it's definitely time to yeah jump yeah. back in and Start getting a real hardcore, just splatting people and right. painting that ground. And Ooh. yeah, nah. I, Wrong, I got more focused on <laughs> painting the ground than uh, killing the enemies, I suppose, or the other playable characters. I love that. You can just focus on one or the other and just, mm. you know, you can have fun just painting and inking a certain area and keeping away from people, but you're still helping. You can still win the game doing that kind of thing. So. Um, yeah, and that's. It's, I guess it's quite accessible in that point. And it, yeah, it's platoon. It came around before Fortnite too, where it's like you know yeah. it's really easy to get into a like a, a shooting game. Whereas before it was like, oh look, you can get into Call of Duty, and that that comes with its own baggage of the community and <laughs> just yeah. like the realistic weapons and all of that. Where it's yeah, it's a, it's a little bit much for some people, especially mm. maybe maybe like kids or newbies or whatever. But yeah, these these types of games are really great for just bringing in people and. Um, you know, having given people the experience of you know the shooting without all the all the violence and mess that comes along with it. That's right. Accessibility is there, so not long now. So that's a few months for Splatoon three, and then oh. Xenoblade Chronicles three is July. So I, I I am going to start Xenoblade Chronicles two in the next week. I, I'm I'm saying it here and affirming okay. myself. I will start it. And then see how I go before end of July to finish it. That's that's, that's a lot of hours to finish it by then. Yeah, just I mean, the way I play main, games. If you, if you mainline it, you got to you got to, you do have a pretty much three months, so it's not yeah. too bad. Like will so be like if, if I do pick up it, Nintendo there. Switch Sports, if I do pick up uh, Mario Strikers, if I do pick up, mm. I'm not going to pick up Three Hopes. 
but you know that there'll be other things that pop up i'm sure and so other uh, nso games so i know that yeah uh, it, it's one and two is feeding into this third game you can see from you know even the trailers and even even the, the uh uh the box art you know it's um these uh these worlds are going to collide and you know it's important to play these previous games and so i'm gonna do my best to try and uh, get in as deep as i can i um i see i see in the show notes you want to do a call to arms whether to get us both to complete it by it comes out i, I, I thought you had finished the first one drew i thought you'd finished definitive edition yeah look like i said shiny things man shiny things come out and i um I'm over on PlayStation playing Gran Turismo 7. The next minute, I'm over. <laughs> Something comes out in Game Pass. I'm playing that. Oh, God. Then I'm back on Switch playing bloody Atelier. Yeah. Like, you know, what's... Jesus, you know. I thought we might have been on similar sort of uh, peggings in terms of uh, just got to get number two out of the way. But uh, that's all right. Um, I, I, I'm uh, affirming it right now to everyone that I'm going to start it and play it. And uh, I'm not going to guarantee I'm going to finish it, but I will get as far as I can. Is, uh, no, he he guaranteed it. Everyone, hold him accountable. You know, it's uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, it took me seventy hours to finish the first one. That was, uh, and then and then towards the end there, like I was enjoying it, but I was ready for it to be done, and so I loved the difficulty and just smashed out the last ten hours or so. Yeah. Don't know if this has a similar feature or not. I know Definitive Edition came out sure. later than Xenoblade Chronicles Two, so I don't know if that's a new thing they inserted or not, but. Uh, yeah, I'll give it a go. I had, I had a good time. You know, it's it's daunting at first looking at this the the HUD, and you see more HUD than than gameplay. It feels yeah. like yeah, especially with the new trailers, a lot going on. But um, you know, I love the Definitive Edition. That was yeah. the first game's awesome. The the story yeah. and the, the, the like the voice acting. I was just like, this is a Nintendo game. What's going on? Mm. And this was like yeah. end of the Wii era kind of stuff. You know, it's like boggled my mind so to speak so you had a great time and i heard some good, mostly good things about too so give it a go and yeah i'll get myself ready a lot of rpgs though from now till the body end of the year ready. yeah my body's ready <laughs> Alrighty. so i've got some other items here newsworthy um nintendo land nintendo actually buys some land <laughs> so instead of acquiring Starting studios yeah instead of buying studios they just upgrade their current one so they um next to it's Kyoto HQ. So for an extra five billion yen, which is about forty million US or fifty-two just over million Australian dollars, they're gonna de- build a new development building, which will uh, further strengthen its R and D. And there are plans for it to be done by the end of twenty twenty seven, so another five and a bit years from now. So this is a different sort of way to do it. I don't hear a lot of other gaming companies sort of expanding like this. You know, it's easier for them to sort of buy instead of um, upgrade what they currently have. So this is very Nintendo's DNA is getting bigger. You know, they 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 strive for you know um, keeping things in house where they can, and they're very conscious and aware that they do things differently. And so this is sort of testament to ensuring that continues. So that was yeah, good different news. And then I, yeah, as I'm, I'm writing these notes, I'm just thinking of different games with Nintendo and Land in them. So I had Super Mario <laughs> Land, Nintendo Land, and Super Mario 3D Land. Have you had any thoughts on this, Drew? It's just a bit of a different article. I yeah, suppose. well, look, it, it's not like a big headline that's going to catch everyone and every uh, game news outlet's going to be reporting on it. But 
honestly, this this is how I want the industry to grow, and especially mm. Nintendo. Like you know, Microsoft going out and buying Activision. I was like, oh my god, they've bought the biggest publisher. But that was massive. You know, j- just for the the culture of Microsoft, just acquiring Bethesda, acquiring Activision, just buying up all these teams. It doesn't really gain any respect from me as far as their creative outlook on sort of their platform or their ecosystem. Like, you know, they're just buying stuff and they're not really able to create anything <laughs> meaningful just with their own resources. Like mm. you got three, four, uh, three, four, three industries who are in charge of Halo and just seeing how they've handled the launch of Halo Infinite and how just no content's coming in. And a lot of that is because like, with with that studio, uh, people are coming in and out. They're doing their job. They're leaving. They're all contractors, and there's no real sort of team ethics there. Whereas like Nintendo, they're very much they're very careful about who they bring into their family. And we've only seen a couple of studios outside of Japan be acquired by Nintendo. Obviously, Retro Studios, which we all know, Metroid Prime, uh, the Donkey Kong uh, sort of reboot series as well, and Next Level Games up in Canada. Um, they were acquired uh, very recently, you know, doing the, the Mario Strikers games, my, uh, sorry, uh, Luigi's Mansion um, games as mm. well, um, apart from the original. So they're very careful about who they bring in. And I think it's very wise just to expand, you know, just they're building their room to bring in people with that culture, with that ethic, with that sort of team building sort of, sort of mindset. And, um, just using their biggest strength, which is the brand of Nintendo and sort of the magic their developers bring to to our TV screens and the Switch's screen and uh, just going up on that because just having more resources to be like, all right, we're, we're making Mario, we're making Zelda. That's obvious. That's our moneymaker. We've got uh, Game Freak um, making Pokemon. Every now and again, we've got How Laboratories bringing out a Kirby game. And then we've got a, maybe a Smash Brothers game, whenever that's due, Sakurai, and we have some contractors at Bandai and Amco that are helping doing that. But then also having more teams on top of that, that's where it becomes exciting. Does that mean we get sort of more room for like Kid Icarus? Does that mean we get more room for another Star Fox that doesn't get, get given right. to Platinum Games who completely botched Star Fox Zero, which is a big disappointment for anyone who's a fan of um of Star Fox. So yeah, it it's great. gonna it's, it's gonna just allow more resources for hopefully more non Mario Zelda, etc. But um also obviously that is that is an ideal world that I'm I'm got my fingers crossed for. It might just mean that there's more resources going towards like Breath of the Wild sequel and whatever's in development when eventually this building gets completed and everyone gets moved in there. We might just see Zelda games take five years instead of seven years. That'd be nice too. So that's right. That's uh, right. There's no, there's no downsides to this. I, I appreciate how Nintendo is um, approaching building because they're not just going out and oh crap. All right. We'll buy, um, we'll buy some small team mm. <laughs> and we'll just keep adding little teams all over the world because we saw with Metroid prime four, how they were developing that and having different studios do different jobs putting it all together kind of similar to how Ubisoft would handle game development. It fell, it fell in a heap. Nintendo needs to be somewhat situated in a, in a similar space with one another to collaborate and yeah, uh, just really make their games um, how they make them now. So perfect. Very happy right. to hear this news, even though it wasn't all that 
much of a headline. No, no I, I agree. It's, it's only positive news. And, you know, it's in the article, it's saying it's only for research and development purposes. So you think of, you know, the next sort of generation of consoles they're going to make and maybe the different ways they integrate some of their games with, you know, like Ring Fit Adventure and, and the Labo kind of thing, that kind of new experiences. But, you know, concentrating all that stuff to this new building frees up stuff in the existing building. And like you said, it's just going to mean that they're going to have more resources. And so that could mean, yeah, shorter games or they keep up with the ever uh, complicated world of developing at the moment. And, you know, developing in 3D is so much more complicated than than the the, the 2D realm. And so um, as technology gets better, the, the resources and everything required for it only gets more bigger as well and so this is, this is awesome this is great sort of uh, reinforcement that they're on the right path and doing some really good things and yeah nothing but uh, good stuff for this and yeah we're going to see hopefully these other um, IPs get some light and you know they're going to keep releasing these Nintendo specific games you know they probably want to increase and improve what they offer and um, they've got all these other IPs which are like great and I think a lot of them could do really well with the, the general public if they gave them some more time. So like you said, another kid, Icarus, made that, if you make that a bit more mainline, a bit more important, that'd, that'd be awesome to see. So, yeah, things please, like that would be, be great. Please give me some kid, Icarus. <laughs> oh, man. I, uh, I, li- I listened to your Uprising um, episode, or you just you discussed it in one of your episodes, and I, um, I've never played it, so I'm hoping to pick it up very soon. Oh, very nice. Physically. Yeah um and, and give that a go so oh that'd be great um the next one news item that might be somewhat relevant uh bandai namco is uh making a 3d action game for nintendo so this was part of a job ad that recently appeared and so the job was saying it's needed for a remaster or a remake of a 3d action game so this is interesting because i know bandai namco have helped nintendo over the years you know like you said super smash bros they've helped with that um, there were even the supposed developers, rumored ones, for Metro Prime 4, which um, they were supposedly the ones who did it. And then Nintendo probably weren't happy and decided to uh, restart development and reinstating it with Retro. Um, but given the history, um, they've worked together a little. Um, for a 3D remake or remaster, there's a big sort of range of games they could do. Um the big one for me was sort of, you know, they've helped with Star Fox before making Assault. So, you know, would that be easier for them to do it again? Do the remaster of the remake? I've written Kid Icarus, Donkey Kong. You know, there's there's nothing sort of like, apart from what we've been given, there's not a lot of clues. It's a few sort of different things they could do. What are your thoughts on what, what yeah, it could be? Yeah, there's, there's definitely no clues. I think this is when yeah. we can get into real speculative Nintendo fanboyism, just like, what oh, yeah. if we can really get into that? But Just don't like, wake up the baby. Yeah, no, definitely that. not. I heard it in the background um, before. <laughs> so, but um, with uh, I, th- this is my thoughts on Star Fox. I saw a lot of talk on Twitter being like, oh, look, Star Fox Assault makes a lot of sense. They, like, they made the original game on GameCube and... Look, Star Fox, it needs it needs the Switch reimagination that a lot lot of other series have got. We can't just have another on rail Star Fox game. No, you're right. <laughs> we yeah. need a I'm not even saying I'm not even saying like, oh look, we need Fox to get out the vehicle and do, do all this stuff. Like uh, <laughs> like the other iteration, which everyone sort of pans. 
but we we need more than just like a Star Fox Assault remake on Switch. He, that can't be Fox's first sort of step onto the Switch. We need it to be like you know like what Kirby got or like like Mario, Zelda, even even Pokemon. Like a lot of these franchises got a big glow up on Switch, and mm. um, Fox definitely he needs that to be even somewhat relevant. Us Nintendo fans, we love sort of our memories of Lilac Wars on the Nintendo 64. Or I personally actually really love the um, SNES version. I just love the aesthetic of it, just mm. how basic it is. And you see like the polygons and that. But it, it, if, if it's Star Fox, I'll be disappointed. Um, like if, if it's got- the first one on Switch, I'd be disappointed. If it's, you know, if we get at E3, there's a new game coming. And then this Bandai Namco one's coming a few years later. That's fine. Mm, and yeah, and that's yeah. like, that is, yeah, that's the thing as well. But like, all right, this is like the HD remaster before like the big boy comes out later. And yeah. you're like, oh, yes, can't wait for that brand new game when you're doing backflips as Fox and you're jumping out the tank and you're, you're slapping <laughs> monsters with your, with your glove and you're getting back in the tank and you shoot like, I don't know. But yeah, I do want Star Fox to come, especially after the horrible sort of <laughs> disaster that Star Fox Zero was. I want it to actually get some respect. <laughs> yeah, uh, with um, yeah. Oh, sorry, oh, but uh, with uh, Donkey Kong, I don't know what they. I don't know exactly what I'd want as a like a remake from Donkey Kong. You got Donkey Kong sixty four. I don't know if I'd necessarily mm. need that. I don't know if you'll classify that as a um, like an action game either necessarily. But yeah, like because it's saying a three D remake, is it? Does it like it doesn't have to be. A remake of a 3d game it could be a 2d game that they remake in 3d potentially mm. and so yeah. one of the early donkey kong country games i don't know like retro studios i know is has made tropical freeze and like there's a seven year period between them working on metro prime 4 and tropical freeze where i'm like there was something there like are they still working on that um Dude. but they probably don't have the resources to, to sort of remake or remaster one maybe so um, yeah, I don't know. Like with Donkey that. Kong, with Donkey, I don't think those SNES games need a remake. I think they look perfectly fine and they're, they're pretty, way perfectly pretty good fine to begin now. with. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I need it to be like just stale looking 3D graphics. Yeah. <laughs> modern graphics, because yeah, they they've definitely got their own sort of appeal. But you know, you've got listed here, and this is this is my answer. This is my hope. This is the one that gets me on my knees and puts my hand, just put my hands together and like, please, Nintendo. And that is uh, Kid Icarus Uprising. We talked about it just before. Yeah, I need Kid Icarus Uprising on Switch. I need it to be with a second stick or motion controls. I need that game on my Switch. Uh, I think it's just a tremendous game that is locked behind a an awkward sort of control scheme on a on a handheld. Because like originally that game was developed for the Wii, and it's mm. um before they had the dev kit for 3ds, and that would have been a perfect Wii game. It's actually kind of frustrating, but it wasn't because the point of controls would have been controls. yeah, 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 just it ideal. Like, it would have played like Sin and Punishment pretty much, just like, mm. with the motion controls on Wii. It would have been just been ideal, but instead it got moved to um was it the, the 3ds? It was 2012. The Wii was was dead. Yeah, at that had time. Been, had been for a few years, to be honest, by the time that uh, that rolled out. Mm. It's still yeah, amazing the game came out to begin with. You know, one of those long-lost mm. NES games that eventually gets its sequel on the 3DS. It's um, still amazing it came came out to begin with. But yeah, yeah. No, it didn't it, get the love it deserved. 
Hmm. I think uh, a lot of yeah, people I with think... Control Scheme and on the 3DS scared people. Yeah, definitely. Like I heard a lot about the Control Scheme before I even played it. Just when mm. I was looking at reviews, I was in high school year 12 and I was like, oh, it's a bit disappointing. I was looking forward to that because um, Pitt in Super Smash Brothers Brawl was my favorite character. So I was really looking forward to getting into this game, having as his, have his own story in that. But um, everything I just outshined the controls so much that I just it just I just melted into my 3ds and just kept on going and um, had a really interesting multiplayer mode as well, where you can sort of mix and match all your weapons because it has just like a vast amount of um, weapons that you can use in the game. So using them in the multiplayer setting was really interesting. I didn't play it too much because the control scheme. It was all right for like the story, but like doing like full 360 sort of turnarounds, just like swiping the touchscreen and that, it wasn't it wasn't ideal for that. So I stayed away. But I think on Switch, having having that would be really good. So that is 100% my answer. Um, hopefully, yeah. if it is, Bandai Namco do an awesome job on it because it deserves that respect. But I don't know. There's there's a million options as far as Nintendo yeah. games they could potentially be remaking. That's it. But uh, yeah, definitely would love it. Be Kid Icarus. Um, and then, yeah, I agree. The Star Fox would probably, you know, not as uh, appealing, maybe. So, um, yeah, just exciting. It's still, you know, they, they still branch out. They still uh, contract other studios to make their IPs because, you know, they can't make everything in Nintendo. And um, when they've got a popular system like the Switch, they've got to keep making games. So, um, Again, just good signs, you know. I've come from the 3DS and Wii U era. Like this is these last five years. <laughs> this is this yeah, is like it's been a nice change of pace, eh? Yeah, uh, just yeah, you know, <laughs> just yep, that's it. The um the final item I had here. This has been a bumper episode, by the way. Um, was uh I did you know gaming on YouTube? I, I love their channel, and they recently um published a video about Metroid Prime and um how they talked to the developers who worked on the game. And sort of went over sort of like the thought process on some things and, and gave out some really cool nuggets that you don't really hear from Nintendo. Like, like and because it's three retro studios, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're a second party developer in a way. You can sort of, you can talk to these developers and you get these sort of different insights into how um, it was like to work with Nintendo. And so, Drew, I don't know if you've seen the video yet. Um, I'm happy to sort of talk about it and sort of tell you what happened, but. Yeah, no, um, I, I haven't seen it yet. I didn't know this was a thing, so I'm yeah. I'm interested to hear what what you got out of it. Yeah, it it was a 20 minute or so video, just talked about um how Metroid Prime came to be, and so sort of stemmed from a um a, a working title called Metaforce, which starred three sort of female metahumans, and mm. so sort of at the beginnings already got the sort of female protagonist kind of themes to it. But it was a third-person game, and so obviously that changes. But it was just talking about the whole process of working back and forth with Nintendo. And so Retro Studios had this sort of idea, this concept. They wrote a 1,000 pages of notes and how the game's going to work and progress. And then they talked to Nintendo, and Nintendo gets the big red marker out, and we don't like this, you should do this. And so the beginnings of Metro Prime are a lot of back and forth and, you know, the joke of, retro studio writing another thousand pages of an idea brief kind of like this is what we're going to bring to nintendo and the joke was internally that uh once you get to a thousand pages you're going to sort of cancel it and start over again kind of thing um <laughs> but you know they talked to miyamoto who sort of eventually sort of tells them we think this would be a good sort of metro prime game talks about making a first person shooter instead 
and just just how that comes to be. So I found that really interesting. And then you know they're talking to the developers about I'm not going to describe this well, but you know when you go to the safe stations and the sound it makes, and how the developer was inspired by watching a film. Um, it was an Australian film. I can't remember the name. It was uh, I didn't write it down in the notes, but um, uh, Walkabout or something like that. I think it was like a fifty-year-old kind of a horror kind of game. And so um, you got to watch the video. And I do recommend everyone listening to watch the video because you'll get a better insight from it. But just little things like that, just, you know, that's, you know, everything's, you know, uh, people are inspired by other things. And that's how, you know, these things we love come to be in a way, just uh, with a different spin on it. And then the other thing that I found really interesting was the video talks about uh, Space World 2000, which is, this event that happened in the year 2000, sort of talking about these upcoming games. This is where I think we got this really cool Legend of Zelda video about this upcoming GameCube uh, game, which eventually turned out to be uh, oh, yes, Wind yes. Waker. And people <laughs> were very disappointed because you got very this realistic looking link in the trailer mm. and then uh, Wind Waker comes to be. But um, in that event, there was a sort of a two minute video, or maybe a one minute one, of uh, Samus sort of uh, being kicking ass and looking awesome. And, and the crowd re- reaction to that, because there was a Metroid game coming, was was unreal. And that prompted them, apparently, to make Metroid Fusion. And so, which is unreal, because this was Space World 2000. And then two years later, Metroid Fusion comes out, I think, within the same month as Metroid Prime. And so, just, just the sort of reaction like that caused Nintendo to sort of decide, let's make another um, 2D Metroid game after Super Metroid. So, mm. just l- little so, things like that was just, you know, things you don't, officially get from Nintendo. Nintendo aren't going to make these videos talking to their past developers about games and getting that insight. And so mm. it, it was great. I did, you know, games sort of talk to these developers and sort of get that, uh, that feel for it. Yeah, no, uh, I definitely got to check that out. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Because like you said, we don't often get this from right. any developers in Nintendo. They're very secretive, obviously mm. all Japanese natively speaking, maybe a lot of them don't speak English. So we kind of rely on retro studios to get a bit of intel for us and maybe tell the media some things they shouldn't. And hopefully next level games will do that as well uh, going forward. But like, oh, look, Nintendo hand- handles like things like this. Like, oh, very interesting. And yeah. it is a little bit of a shame because I, I do appreciate like if you're, a, if you're a big PlayStation or Xbox fan, you've got like all these studios where you're getting information, like a heap of information from every single one. It's from Nintendo, it's very closed in, so it's harder to like figure out exactly <laughs> what's coming and you know what the thought process is, except for like that's right, just like marketing material and things like that. Uh, yeah, that's it. So, yeah, as I suppose a Nintendo fan, I found that sort of different and refreshing. And so, <laughs> I usually talk about official news on, on the show, but this was something that was I thought was really interesting to sort of point out. And, you know, even um, yeah. Metro Prime 3 being originally planned as an open world game, and so. That was sort of pitched to Nintendo, and then that wasn't quite um, liked by them, and so they sort of go back on that and make Metroid Prime Three a bit more uh, like in the same way as One and Echoes, and so it makes you wonder with Metroid Prime Four coming up, are they going to have a go at this open world thing again and go back mm. on that older pitch that may not have been uh, achievable at the time? Maybe you know, is is MP Four going to be you know a bit more open? and sort of different to the other Prime games. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I'm definitely. Very I don't, by the way. I can't see them going open world just from 
just from logistics of like trying to get this this thing undergoing just with its massive delay just shifting teams be be a bit too ambitious i feel but who knows we might be in for a big surprise if it does come out like that yeah the the other interesting thing with that metro prime 3 i believe pitch was they were talking about like the things you would do in the open world and so they're talking about mm. because samus is a bounty hunter and they said oh she can go on these extra side missions and do these other things blah 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 oh, blah God. and then yeah. apparently when they were pitching this to nintendo nintendo is like she she does what what's it like they didn't quite <laughs> want, like grasp the concept of bounty hunter and that she would do these things for her own gain and then yeah, okay. it was really confusing to retro studios apparently because you know they're looking at like like they've, they've played the older games they're looking at the like the manuals and things that come with it and it says that samus iron is a bounty hunter and they're thinking okay well we know what a bounty hunter is you look at boba fett from star wars you know they have a mission they do it whether it's to kill something or retrieve something and they get paid for it and so they're trying to like grasp why is Nintendo not thinking that's the case? And they eventually find out that their sort of concept of Samus Aran as a character is that she's a very sort of altruistic kind of, you know, she's doing it for the greater good, utilitarian kind of idea. Like she's not doing it for mm. herself. And so mm. that they don't, they never considered her to be the bounty hunter, that she's doing it for the money or anything like that. She's, she's going to these worlds, the planet Zebes or, you know, talent for and you know, fighting these space pirates because it's for the greater good. Yeah. And then you she, look at the games be... that she's playing, like, like the games, and it makes sense, isn't it? Like she could be doing a lot easier things for a lot <laughs> more money. I feel. And so, it was just kind of this flicking moment for for retro studios. I feel like it's this sort of cultural sort of difference where just because it says she's a bounty hunter doesn't mean Nintendo thought she did those things that we deem a bounty hunter to do. And so I just found that really interesting for like what Nintendo perceived for the character, which I, I kind of agree with. I wouldn't really call her downtown to per se, but that's just yeah. how she's sort of personified. She's definitely not like, um, like Boba Fett where she's no. um, hired to hide to kill the Jedi or anything like that. She wouldn't yeah. be <laughs> doing anything, anything that sinister. So yeah, I could definitely say that. And it would have been out of character being like, all right, mm. there's a, there's a bounty on this. Go and get him, Samus. Like, yeah. It's you, just not, you, you kill this not her person. Character chop the head and bring it back and you know, <laughs> yeah, I just can't just, see can't see her doing that. So um no, that, that was awesome you brought that up. I, I didn't even hear about that until I read it on the show notes here. I'm like, yeah. oh that's it. Alrighty. I think we're good here. Two hours cool. in. So before we do get going, um I'd love for you to plug your show and, and your podcasts and, and anything else. So all right. Yeah. yeah not too easy. But where can we find before it? I do that I just want to thank you so much for having me on, Josh. It's been an absolute blast being able to sit here and, and chat with you about all the fun Nintendo stuff that's been going on over the last couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, like I, I said earlier, it's just, it's so cool that, uh, yeah, that just someone else in pretty much our area, I didn't even know you were that close. I knew you were Adelaide, but that you are that close, like that close, 20 yeah. minute, a 20 minute drive was it's just, uh, just insane. So it's awesome. I hope we can collaborate a lot more going forward. On your show and my Love show, and you're always you're always welcome at the house of Mario. That's for sure. I know Bryce would be more than happy to have you there as well. I'll be there yeah, anytime. Yeah. Honestly, that'd be awesome. Yeah, nah, we'll definitely make it happen soon. But um, I guess as far as uh, if you guys want another Australian Nintendo podcast to put in your <laughs> ear holes, my, my best mate Bryce and I would do a podcast called The House of Mario. It's 
we call it the South Australian Nintendo podcast, but now there's another South Australian Nintendo podcast here. It's like, oh, well, can we claim that? And I want to say yes. Why not? Um, you can be Go the ahead. Australian podcast. Right. You can or be the original the- South Australian, you know, the original Pancake Kitchen. In Adelaide. <laughs> I've, got, I've got to put that under. I'm like, oh, look, we're the original one. We've the got original. to put our feet in the ground. Oh, yeah, no, very serious. We'll it's be the first one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But yeah, you know, we we do a lot of similar things to what uh, what Josh does here at Nintendovania, where we talk about you know the news, what we've been playing, all that fun stuff. We have a lot of fun with our segments and uh, all that. Um, we haven't been doing an episode, uh, I guess, for the last couple of weeks. Ross and I've been finding it hard to sort of schedule in <laughs> times to meet up with COVID. It's running a bit rampant down here at the moment, and having a newborn as well, playing on the safe side. So it's been a little bit tricky, but typically we're a weekly podcast and yeah, no, we absolutely love doing it. It's one of my, it's one of my biggest passions in life is just making podcasts and putting stuff out there. I have a lot of fun recording it and editing it and seeing what people think about it. And uh, usually when I'm not doing that, I'm listening to other people's podcasts at work and um, yeah, I just love the whole, whole thing about gaming and podcasting. So if you're interested in, you know, supporting any of that stuff, Come on over, more than welcome. The doors are always open. And do another couple of podcasts too, Crack and Furfies, which is a lot of fun with a couple of mates. And Drew Story, if you're into just um, off-the-cuff sort of conversations about different topics you might not typically, uh, you know, follow necessarily. I just I just love that type of stuff. Um, yeah, listening to it and now creating it. So it's been a lot of fun. But yeah, that's pretty much what I do. Check it yeah. out on podcast services. I would appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good stuff. I am... Um... Yeah, definitely recommend everyone listening to check Drew out if you haven't uh, heard of him already. I'm, I'm sure you have if you're listening to me, but um, no, not just, no, I wouldn't say that. I'm not. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a small fry. Don't you worry about that. I'm not. <laughs> okay, okay. Don't, oh. don't think so. But uh, you know, um, very, very impressed with how you go about it, Drew, and uh, how you can speak so candidly and open about things that are going on in your life. And I think um, your podcasting skills are great. So. Uh, You've been a great influence on what I've done so far. And, and uh, thank you for it. Looking forward to all the collabs we can do in, in the future. Um, yeah, and then yeah. particularly this Reggie book club thing that I want mm-hmm. to do. So I, I, I want to read this book and talk to you about it once it comes out. Reggie fils yeah. um changing the game. Is that the... Yeah, I believe so. Um, from the Bronx. Yeah. From, no, yeah, from the Bronx to Nintendo, I think. Was it? Uh, are, are you going to read it or are you going to um, take the audio book route? Which way are you well, going to go? Uh, disrupting the game it's called sorry um so it comes out uh may doesn't it in paperback may third, but that might just be in america and so uh i will if i think because you're going to do an audiobook aren't you mm-hmm. so it i might do that hours. if that's quicker so it's like a it's like a work day for me <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have it on when i'm working which would be good. Just Reggie yep. Fizemay telling his life story where I'm just putting away, shearing a sheep. <laughs> My body is ready. And so, yeah, I will, um, yeah, audiobook might be good. I can do a few runs and a couple of gym sessions and yeah, I'd love to talk <laughs> to you about it afterwards. That'd be good. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to hearing it. I'm definitely looking forward to uh, talking to you about it. Cause like, like, you know, as a Nintendo fan, I guess Reggie's sort of just ingrained in the culture from his E3 moments and his direct moments and, even just these mishaps, trying to market the Wii U, you know, trying to explain why we want it. We're like, yeah, well, I'm going to buy it, Reggie, but you really, you can't sell it. No one can sell this thing, but that is what it is. <laughs> but there was one video in particular. He's talking about the Batman Arkham City Armored Edition. 
And then someone's yeah. asking him, like, it's just a remake of a current game. And he can't even say, agree with that. He's no. trying to say, no, it's a different game kind of thing. No, it's, it's like, oh, it's But the reporter's like, no, it's the same game. You've just, like, got all the DLC together with it. And then, you know, yeah. he's, he's trying really hard during this Wii U era just to sort of, uh, you know, sell it. And then, you know, once the Switch comes out and it's popular, he's like, yep, I'm going to leave it this moment while it's easy to do. So, mm. um, good decision. Take yeah, your money right. and run, my friend. That's right. 100%. <laughs> so, not very keen to talk about that. But um, that'll do for us today. Thanks again, Drew. Thanks again, everyone listening. And uh, bye for now. We'll see you soon. See you guys.